Chad. How are we? Good, good. We had you um, penciled in after the combo we had with Azza. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're a star of his story. One of one of. Yeah, true. You were definitely the one that was named the most, and you had the most shocking, the most <laughs> shocking one, the most shocking part of the whole thing <laughs> related to your name. But yeah, not the only reason we got you on. You've pretty popular photographer you do all the stuff for engage yeah i wouldn't say all the stuff mm-hmm. for engage a lot of the stuff uh, for engage. Uh, yeah jeff sainler would be the number one man but he's based in new zealand i'm based in australia but do you travel a bit with that i, I do but then obviously when covid came around then my um we ceased a little and then my missus fell pregnant and that kind of put things in hold because they wanted me to go but just couldn't go due to the fact of the quarantines and yeah. stuff. Uh, just just in case something happened while she's pregnant and once the baby's born. So that's kind of been on the back burner for a little bit for like the last what two years now. I think, yeah. I think February the last UFC was that I had was February, and then as soon as I got home, the week later we went into lockdown. Yeah, what card? What card was that? That was uh, Fight Night. Dan Hooker. Yep. Kai Kara France for and Brad Riddell, all the engagement. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they're all city kickboxing dudes as well. Yep. Because I saw that you were there for Izzy's open workout and all that. I was looking through your photos. The Whitaker fight where he won the title, yeah, the official shit. title. Did you get to like a media pass or something for the actual fight? For that one, I was just backstage. Yeah, and then follow them around all week for their lead up what's that like is it fully hectic do you just get like swept up into crazy the hectic. moment yeah crazy crazy hectic I've that's the least sleep when it's fight week that's the least sleep I ever get yeah I can um, imagine are you just following that troop around wherever they go just kind of documenting yeah um, correct yeah. Um, generally Ash Ash who owns Engage and manages the fighters if say there's three fighters on the card he'll have like jeff following one or and, and me following a couple of the others yeah it's just game on and it's just from morning until night it's hectic as so you're trying to you're obviously trying to stay fly on the wall ish you're trying to stay out of the way a little bit and document what's going on definitely fly on the wall ish due to the fact that when you see what the boys put themselves through that's when you realize you it's something you've never seen before yeah uh, the, the weight cut is something else so their moods can be very they don't want up a camera jam like in their face starving themselves exactly that's the last thing anybody wants um they were all laughing when i had for that melbourne ones up jeff was mainly following izzy and i would follow dan and brad and so the boys were kind of like joking because they tend izzy weight cuts easy and those two boys, especially Brad, back then, Brad's really good now. Man, it looks so hectic. Those videos are so crazy. Having seen it like firsthand now at a professional level, what's your opinion of the weight cut? Should it be continued in in like professional sports in you know like that, or should there be an adaptation to it, or should it just be totally bad? I I shouldn't be telling anybody what to do when mm. it comes to that, but. I feel that the boys have the best dietitian that follows them around. A guy named Jordan, the fight dietitian. Um, everybody seeks him out, and they're, they're basically like family. These boys, like they trust him with his their life. I think obviously some people do too extreme. People have lost their lives doing it. People fall at the scales. 
But I, I know that they'd 100% trust Jordan with everything he's doing. And watching Jordan, he doesn't starve them completely. Mm. When we're doing those fight weeks, he's always popping up with their food. Like, we'll be in the most random spot, like at like a Coach Kings event. And then he just comes out and he's like, you need to eat now. And like, yeah, hands him one of their see. food. And like, they got a little bit of chicken and spinach. It's a science and to it. So yeah, he knows exactly what's going on. Exactly. I suppose it's not so much the professional level. That's the most concerning. It'd be the, the lower levels where you don't have access to diet where these guys are doing it potentially Correct. Uh, a little yeah. bit backyardy. You always see pretty extreme versions of it and it looks, I mean, we know a bunch of people that fight and for the most part, it feels like Jack's weight cuts are pretty yeah. on point. He doesn't kill himself. Methodical mm-hmm. about it. But you see some, I mean, Khabib went to hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Had to pull out of that fight. I'm not, this I'm was not. years ago yeah. before his like big run. He's, he's I'm pretty sure he's always struggled with his weight mm-hmm. cutting. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you don't want to give up those pounds and just yeah. go up. Exactly. It's part of the game, man. Like, it's definitely an interesting part of it, seeing it from a spectator's point of view. I imagine being there watching that shit, you'd just be like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nowhere to hide either because you got to point the camera at exactly. it. Exactly. And that's where I was like, um, when I first met the guys, I was like, even though Ash could, could talk me up because I've known him forever, like saying like, oh, he's a good bloke guy. And I was like, trust him. Like, he won't. And I, I felt the energy. You just feel the energy, you know, and you just, oh, I just knew where to be not give them too much if they call me if they ask for anything they want a bottle of water grab them a bottle of water yep you Do just that. kind of become an any man you, be, well, you become exactly. part of the team right even though yeah. you're on the outer obviously 100% so my first fight fight follow where I was mostly um, following Brad I literally halfway through thought the dude hated my guts I was like this guy hates me that's a sobering feeling oh, eh? I was just like oh my god and then by the end of it like he's fought and he's won and that and then we're like having a having a beer and having a laugh and all that and then everything's so good you're like oh yeah everything's sweet and then obviously after the first one ash comes up to me and goes man proud of you did awesome work boys love you you know let's move on to the next one that's it man i feel like because you have you have a great skill like the photos you take are fantastic are you doing photo and video just photo i do a little bit of video but when i am on like that'll be that'll be very rare and i'll jeff will handle the editing version of that so you can take like you obviously take great photos i've seen the photos they're at to me they're at like a world-class quality because you see you see <laughs> photos every day and you're like like the stuff that you shot of izzy at the open workout that i was looking at i was like damn like the way the lighting's set up and stuff lots of people can do that i know lots of people that can take yeah. a good photo but when when you're being put in those almost embedded in those situations a lot of it comes down to what sort of a person you are and whether you can adapt to those environments mm-hmm. and like whether you can actually chat with people when you need to and be at know when to be in there and know when to not be in there yeah and it's so funny appreciate that man i know so many <laughs> photographers and so many videographers and i know some that really get it yeah and i know some that don't yeah, yeah and you yeah. see the ones that are like it's like um we spoke before about liam underwood he was a videographer from perth mm-hmm. and he just um, he just got it you know like i'd asked him we were putting on shows at the time and i'd said look i want to do this we did a steve aoki show and i was like we will i'd never met him before but he said can i shoot it video i said yeah but i want it to like a rock show so i want everything in the end is going to be black and white and i want it like really quite high contrast and and dark and with a lot of energy yeah very moody jesus christ man he came back and i was just like 
Oh man, I was embarrassed by like the, cause I'd given him this direction thinking that I was like really creatively directing this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just took that and was like, okay. <laughs> and just came back with this cinematic masterpiece. It was absolutely insane. And then it was less than six months later, he went off and became Chase and Status's tour touring videographer. Cause this is when video yeah, content yeah, yeah, was yeah. really popping off. Mm-hmm. And then ended up with Skrillex for a couple of years. And then in exactly the same thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. but in video. And then it was like The Rock and Will Smith. And it's crazy. Now his life is just crazy. Yeah, he, never, yeah. he never came home. That's it. That's, that's, I uh, look at before COVID came, obviously, still some crazy good moments, but um, I was rubbing my eyes at some stage going, how did, like your first UFC cage side shoot, you just like see your name on the cage. You're like, how the hell did I get here? You get that imposter syndrome, like hundred percent. Like it just all comes so fast. Cause I, I only got into UFC from Ash being my friend, like lifelong, not lifelong, but you know, 20, 10, 15 years knowing Ash. And that's a pretty funny story how it all started where he, I can remember the time we're having a barbecue around our friends. And this is when I was just mainly into surf photography. And um, he'd come back from Thailand at, training over at uh, Tiger Mutai and uh, he, he was saying to me, he was like, oh, Chatty, I've got these, my good mates that are, um, I've got to get you to take some photos. I mean, I've started this new brand, Engage. Um, it'd be awesome to get you to take some photos sometime. I'm like, yeah, whatever, mate. But, you know, we're having dinner and you're just like, yeah, yeah. no worries. You know that whole, like, yeah. I've told him this story before. <laughs> and how many people do you know have started clothing yeah, brands? Yeah, and like, he's like, like oh, <laughs> and he literally was like, oh, yeah, they're one's going to be world champion one day maybe two and he's like israel adesanya i'm like what what type of name is that like, just literally like eating our dinner my missus literally on our drive home she was like oh you got like you know kind of like, oh you're gonna take some photos some fighters yeah. <laughs> and then literally that moment of that that one you were talking about the melbourne one like when we're having the 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 last supper before the fight the next day the whole team gets together so there's like 30 30 of us all in this melbourne restaurant and i was sitting around and like i'm just literally like jesus he predicted all this (laughs) look at us like and it was real eerie as well because it was literally like israel was right where you are so we're just sitting and i'm like he's not even nervous like and it was almost like they knew everything was happening like it was all happening like that belt was coming home with them there's something about that supreme level of confidence yeah. And it's like, how much of it is manifesting? How much of it is confidence? How much of it is actually just raw talent? <laughs> you put me there, dude. I got like goosebumps. Oh, That's was, crazy. It was nuts. Like when I was, t- I leaned over and I talked to Ash was just literally like two people away from me. I was like, I had that moment. And I was like, dude, come here. And like, I whispered, I go, you told me all this at that dinner all those years ago. I thought you were talking shit. <laughs> I laughed in my head. You know, not laugh, but like, yeah, okay, man. Like you're dreaming real big. Yeah. Know? It's like, I'll take the photo. Look boy. where we are. Ah, and I'm here because of you. Really, because, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're, you're my mate and you like what I do. And It's so cool, man, when you can see, like you see where things start. And then, especially with someone like Israel, you've, you've been around that in, in the way that you're saying, and then he becomes world champion and you're like sitting there and you're okay, that's the world, that's mm. the champion of the world. That's like the baddest mm-hmm. man there is. 
and you're seeing that it's not like watching tyson on the tv or yeah watching michael eerie. jordan documentaries or something it's like no i'm actually sitting here with this person mm-hmm. it makes the world a lot smaller i feel like when you yes. meet people like that you're like oh it's just a person like i've seen that dude that's it you know need a bottle of water or need to go for a piss like it's just that's a, that's that is it. a human being correct it's crazy though yeah, right? not only that then you got alex alex jumped straight on the train it's like is this is this real or is this make believe what's happening here um but yeah you're right exactly what you said there but i will give israelis props being around i've been around you know some pretty high profile people he does have that energy you know what i mean he has that energy of somebody that i've never seen before Mm. um yeah is it a calmness it's it's a confidence i think that's what he just oozes a confidence that you've never seen i've never seen or felt before we were talking about this in um it actually got cut off because of my shitty technical stuff but when we had brad we had daniel bradshaw street x on and um at the end of it we were discussing this story about um we all went to a new year's new year's eve at origin which i'm involved in and a friend of ours runs and it was a few years ago and we ended up getting called to go side of stage and end up going on stage with asap rocky as like part of his opening song thing and we were all high as shit on molly so we were just like (laughs) like way more than than i'd ever been before yeah and we were just like this is new year's eve it's crazy they give us hoodies like midriff <laughs> like cut off hoodies it's like who are they actually meant yeah, to fit the, the, the chicks supposed to be coming up on stage for real it was so weird but it was like all of our friends and we'd all like for some reason at the last minute they decided that they needed people yeah so we're all standing there and we're not really sure what's going on we're just kind of like monging out backstage and then asap rocky comes out of the tour van and he just grabs like we're just getting a huddle and he's just the most supremely outrageously confident person i've ever been around that like every single person there was just like had his 100 percent undivided attention mm-hmm. and it wasn't cheesy or anything was it yep. it was just like he looked everyone in the eye simultaneously so you, yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. crazy and he's <laughs> just talking to me yeah yeah, yeah all yeah. about me <laughs> and he was just he's just like forget about new year's eve forget about your phone forget about everything he goes it's Being just us we're going on stage right now he goes i want you to just fucking tear each other apart as we're going up there you know all us mates are like looking at each other like what the fuck this is crazy and he's then entered that realm where he's like looking at us going yeah this is crazy and we, i'm just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and then we get out there we're just all kicking this sh- like we're just moshing on stage this is a, the dj starts and we're all just like he's there as well doing the same thing he and then came he out just, of the fucking floor yeah that's right yeah <laughs> come out the floor <laughs> and then he just pulls his hood off and starts rapping and we no. all bounce and we were just i was just like that just fucking happened but it was, it was the same thing it's that supreme yeah, confidence not, like not that many presence. people have it no i'd never i've i've seen it in a couple of people but his was the most mm-hmm. like when you were describing easy before yeah. i was like that's the same energy it's like it's like you know you, you have that we always meet people who have self-confidence yes but meeting someone that has self-confidence that for a, a legitimately good reason yeah they're like oh yeah i'm, a, I'm actually the best <laughs> yeah when it, what i'll give him as well is like seeing a different side as well from doing all the different things not just what the general i will see like seeing how he handles his fans and when i say fans like you know fans from all walks of life with different disabilities and stuff like that has time for them all and is just that's and you know it's not it's not fake it's like just gives them everything and you know, i 
having to sit back and capture that, you just sit back and you just go, man, you are one in a million, mm. you know? It would be so hard to be the best. What's he, middleweight? He's light heavyweight, isn't he? Middleweight. Middleweight. The discipline and skill set that it would take to be that mm-hmm. is obviously you're the best in the world. So you're working harder and have better abilities and, and you've, you've put all that effort in. So just to be that is one thing, but to also be that mega, that superstar appeal of being able to talk to people and, yeah. you know, it's it's pretty it, insane. It, it goes beyond like the fight, yep. fight game. Because you have got, you know, uh, let's shout out to the other engaged champion, Alex Volkanovski, mm-hmm. like absolute legend. Still has that superpower, but Izzy has that where it goes across fighting. You yeah, know what I totally. mean? Like a Conor McGregor. It transcends yeah. fighting. It's like, okay, you're famous for that, but that was like your entry to fame, but then it's like that mass appeal, right? The, the kind of yeah. global appeal, which you haven't yeah. seen in that many fighters. I mean, obviously Conor and Ronda, which happened at the same time. It's Maybe GSP that- a little bit, but that still didn't really yeah. penetrate people outside yeah. of the fight world. It's funny, a lot of these characters, these larger-than-life characters come out of, like, uh, combat sports. Mm. I mean, you know, you look at Tom Brady or something, for example, biggest NFL guy, not mm-hmm. really... Not really like, crossing over? Not really, no. Um, maybe in, in America a little bit more, obviously, but, like, these guys yeah. are global. NBA players always did, like the big NBA players, because you've had LeBron, Kobe, Jordan... NBA has this kind of cultural sort of significance, though, as well. Like apparently, prior to Jordan, the NBA was not well. It, it did fickle out after thing. Jordan left, didn't it? Yeah, um, like because the NBA that he made the NBL massive. We're all into Alabama Slammer, Lahoff, Mark Ellis. Yes, bro. Those days, and that was the thing. You went and now everybody just knows. Oh, you go watch the Eagles. Back then, it was no. Nah, we're going to bloody Perth watch Entertainment Center. Watch the Cats. Yeah, I used to. Man, I used to go a lot. I had a yeah, season Ricky ticket. Grace, don't know. forget him. Nineties are fire. Tiny That's Tinder, it. boy. What yeah. up? <laughs> oh, no. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> oh, those jerseys would be worth some money. That the Swan Gold. one, yeah. Dude, the, the Swan Gold jerseys, yeah. My mate Steve Jones was a really uh, uh, privileged child and got to be the kid that wiped the sweat up when they fell over. Ooh. And he would have been, it would have been mid Every kid's dream oh, job. mate. <laughs> I was like, what did your dad have to do to get yeah. you that? <laughs> You're right. Like that did, it, it had so much mass appeal. Yeah. Like I was going I, to basketball camps when I, I went to Ricky Grace's camp of champs when I was like 12. There you go. You were putting those people on a pedestal because, you know, trying to get information. Like I remember watching it was sports tonight mm-hmm. was the only way you could find out the basketball results because there was no internet yeah. <laughs> you're like the, what you know jordan's done the three-peat and whatnot and it was like oh. you literally heard that through the newspaper or the television exactly yeah. it's insane good times for mm-hmm. getting the old collecting the cards getting the beckett and all that was fully i've been speaking to a company in the states that's trying to get me to do some work for them and it's all about nfts and i was like oh let's find out what what this is about mm-hmm it's fucking trading cards. Like, it really is trading cards. Yeah. Like, it's about the scarcity and all of that sort of stuff. And as soon as they kind of gave me that analogy of it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. I, get I remember it. buying a pack and just being like, scanning yeah. through, you'd be like, nah, 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 nah. And there'd be like the that magical one. rookie card or something. And you'd be like, this is worth 150 bucks. Yeah, they've, they've moved it up a little bit. I've seen now, but like you literally get like the card and then there's like a bit of their jersey with their number and then they sign it. Oh, so wow. They'll, so they'll take, let's say a player today 
Um, let's just say we'll go Kyrie. Kyrie. They'll, no, let's move them in a different name. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't played much this season. <laughs> there yeah, we go. Well, yeah, with that, and then I'll just literally slice up his jersey into jersey. tiny bits, and then that is actually in the cart. Wow. Yeah, and then he'll sign it, sit there and sign 400 of them or 50 of them or have you what. Where do you even buy cards, like basketball cards from now? They used to be in every news agent. Yeah. eBay. Man, this, I mean, Upper Deck, it was like Upper Deck, Fleer. It's all different brands now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I kept all of my, I collected like everyone else, but then I kept, it was Chris Weber, Anthony Hardaway. Yeah. And Jason Kidd were the three cards where I was just like, these, one of these three is going to be the next yeah, Jordan. Jordan. I was just yeah. like, damn it. <laughs> my, old, my olds have still got mine. And they're just like, you need to get rid of, come and collect these. <laughs> get these out of my house. I will one day. <laughs> you peasant basketball card yeah. collectors, eh? You're hoping I, you've just got one that's in a screw down that's like worth a million yeah, bucks. It's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> it happened with the Harry Potter books. The first editions apparently went like fucking $500,000, dollars yeah, My missus is a Harry Potter fan she tells me that same here mine yeah. went through and tried to find them she found someone worth something but not the not the big boys mm-hmm. I was gonna say you guys are peasants I collected the real card of childhood in the you, 90s you're gonna say Pokemon aren't you? odd bods bro odd bods oh, <laughs> yes, I always remember good mate Brad he had all the odd bods yeah. stuck on his wall like so it took up the, it was like the wallpaper that of his, yes. of his they room. were stickers weren't they no, no they were like a card uh, but they were like were they waved like yeah, waved kind of like, edges yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, if yeah. they all fit oh like jigsaw yeah isolated because he was oh. so, yeah he's I just remember always like seeing his room going oh this is a that mad stoner's room yeah yeah. Vibe. I had the little folder like a full freak. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. no, I miss Pokemon. Everyone did Pokemon. I never did, and it, that was like the end. My my childhood had kind of ended, then. so I never, I never even got like Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, that sort of stuff. Things that people reference now as being like big. Yeah, I never early two thousand things. I'm just end of nineties. I was like, no, nah, I didn't, never got on. Do you really like Pokemon on Game Boy though? That was pretty dope, actually. I never played. I seen everyone because all of my friends that are like five years younger than me, when Pokemon Explore or whatever the fuck it was called came out, people what, Pokemon like, Go, like the yeah, one yeah, outside? yeah. I know, like dudes that fight MMA that were like out trying to catch a fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> that how long ago was that fad? I'm thinking four years, four, four five, five years. Yeah. yeah. I was walking here to do this two three weeks ago, and Somebody there was, was a conglomerate of people standing on the sidewalk. All of them had backpacks with like a series of USB chargers coming emanating out of them. You know, they look like that guy fucking from like Spider-Man. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Look like that. And they've got like four fucking phones and they're all standing in a little circle playing Pokemon Go. It was the weirdest thing because it looked kind of culty. Mm. But then there was this togetherness, but no one was looking or talking to it, to one another. So mm, it was really this kind of weird dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. It's, it's, it's funny because it brings people together physically. But then they're still separated <laughs> by like being connected by their phone. Yeah, 100%. How many more fucking Pokemon do you catch though? You say you got to catch more, but surely there's not seven years worth. I'll never let it finish if there's money to be True. made. Exactly. You have a child, bro. They're, what are they going to grow up in? Oh, it scares me, mate. It scares me. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It's terrifying. I spoke to my, I speak oh, to my brother man. about this and I'm like, man, you really need to like, yeah. you really need to parent, hey? Like you really need to mm-hmm. be there like making sure that they... That's it. They know I, I've, I've literally had the conversation with like friends' parents before Poppy, my little daughter, was born. Like while my missus was pregnant, I was like, 
obviously we're going through these crazy times and i was like was it ever like this is it am i just at that point now because i'm the the old guy like mm. oh my god times are scary and they'll like chat it was never like this this oh, it's, no. it's i think it's just fast forwarding now because of technology yeah it's so like exponential fast forward and you and you're more aware and you can see more and hear more so problems come in well, everything comes across your plate now because yeah. you're so aware of everything right. you know like it's just like anytime anything happens you kind of bombarded with it for a second and then it. like we were talking about the fires um it was like this time two years ago mm -hmm. i was in the studio doing like a um save the animals song <laughs> it was like me and shock one and slumberjack and twirl and we all because we tried to put on a show and it, it fell on its ass so we just did a song and gave all the money to all the proceeds to the fires yep. and it was like this is going to be like the biggest thing that happens this year <laughs> <laughs> not that song the fires you know? <laughs> That's it. We should have just held out for a month and done the, you know, the first oh, COVID, COVID song, bro. Sending our love yeah. down the world style, you know. <laughs> and, um, then, and then COVID comes along and goes, have checkmate. Steals the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> but there's mad, it's apparently down south, just just like right as of right now. Yeah, it's, Eagle it's Bay. Going off, yeah. yeah. Fires. We should see if Street X is hoarding any fire extinguishers. <laughs> <laughs> Cancelled. Cancelled. I thought you were going to say, speaking to parents and stuff, was it always this bad? And they would just be like, yeah with that wisdom yeah no nah. oh god really that that's terrifying quite a few. and i was like oh man yeah and then it does make you sit back and you look i look at my little one i was like i don't know what's ahead for you mm. i feel like there's going to be that a big generation gap as well like where once she is at school she's going to come like dad can you help me with this and i will be like i really don't know what that is yeah fully like yeah it's funny man i was talking to my friend today and he was saying that um he was he's got a half sister that's 12 and he's like 30 and he said that she comes home from school and is like challenging the family at the dinner table on like gender politics and stuff. Wow. And they're all like, what? Yeah. She's 12. She's like talking about all, all those sorts of things. And it's like, okay, that's like, it's interesting, but it's not what I expect 12 year old to be talking about. Yeah. That's why I don't know how to take that. Like it, uh, you look at it 50, 50, mm -hmm. you look at it like, oh, that's interesting. That's good that she's educating herself on these things. But then someone's like, I want you to be a kid still. I want you to have fun. I want yeah. you to go get dirty and, and not think so should yeah. be thinking so deep that early oh, i don't know it's just like being, i don't know the answers there's a bliss in that ignorance of being a child like mm. and you don't get it when you're older when you're in your 20s it's like people are, could start calling you out for being irresponsible or like childish it's like yeah just be a child while you're a child That's please it. enjoy it like exactly. make the mistakes or like hardens you a little yeah yeah exactly you don't <laughs> helps you for when you're 19 and you're in serious situations exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly right fast forward if that happens to this generation new generations things they might all just crumble and break and be like my phone can't deal with this yeah. <laughs> i think you just have to trust that they have it in them to find the things that they need to be able to grow in a certain way and i think some people yeah. don't but we've had people that that haven't and has have grown up and had issues in adult life or whatever i think you just have to give them a little bit of trust mm. ensure that the foundation's there and 100%. then not so uh happily send them out in their way to be able to mm. learn some lessons themselves That's yeah you gotta do, do the best you can because i have conversations i'm like oh when did you decide you were gonna have kids or i'm asking those questions of people and seeing you know other people that have gone ahead and, and done it and i'm like how did, how did you know because you always kind of feel like i want to be financially secure i want to make sure that i'm like pretty established in what i do and then you think back to i was speaking to my mom the other week she's like 
we were like poor and we had no idea what we were doing and we had three kids you know like and then you figure it out as you go and you realize that you don't roll over and give up exactly so it's it just gives you i don't know i suppose a more structured version of life right like where you're like i need to be here i need to do this and i need to do that otherwise this child is not going to survive like exactly are you married no we're not 14 years together yep yeah. Oh, every good thing that I have in my life to her, she's there for it. I'll put my hand up. She makes all the decisions and they're always the best decisions. <laughs> um, she's listening to this, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, nah, it's true. That's all, 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 all the good things I do have in my life, like photography is due to her, surfing is due to her, as in like bringing them back into my life from like when we bought our first house in Illaloo and then she, so she was like, all right, we're near the beach now, you should start surfing, you know, all like along that, pushing me more. Did you take was, a bit of a break from that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like um, we'll ride, as like As would have mentioned in, on his podcast with you, we, we were riding dirt bikes and all that kind of stuff and stopped surfing, got back into surfing, surfing took over my life. She got me back into photography due to her having a, she had her own little um, online homewares store. So we were paying for a photographer to take photos where I always, always was into photography. And I was like, we're paying a fortune. How about I invest some money and getting some good equipment again and get back into that. Like she pushed me towards that. I shouldn't say me. Um, we, we, I did that. And then that's where it grew from there. I'm like, I've got all this equipment. I'll take some photos of the boys surfing. And then it went from there. Sick. And from there, it's is what it is now and that's your full-time gig now not full-time gig mm-hmm. work at seven west media in the print division i've been there 19 years oh wow and i just have because i do shift work yep. so i do like 12 hour shifts so get them done and then i have a lot of spare time so and then that's that's my side that's down near rusty in osborne park correct yeah 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 and that's on the big printing presses and stuff yeah yeah shit the big, yeah, are they the heidelberg years. ones that uh we did we've got kba Right. German press. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's insane. That'd be a big operation. Yeah, it's died. I've been been there 19 years. I've, you would have seen um, it I've really seen it all. Off, First hey? 10 years of my, of my work there, I was like really proud of my job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last 10 years since Prince dead, like everybody likes to say, like it's yeah. gone. Uh, yeah, but hey, it is a good job. And it allows me to do the stuff I get to do and a lot of quality time yeah for real yeah. and it means you can shoot the stuff you want to shoot right 100%. you can still use passion in that That's and not it. be brought down by having I to it, do it, that. i don't think it's ever gotten away of, of like me being have to go overseas for for something or anything like that they're always like yep go for it even, even last minute ones where the boys boys the surf boys who are always like hey we're flying like getting the helicopter and going down there tomorrow like can you come i'm like it's 10 o'clock at night what i've got what all right let me see <laughs> call my boss he's like Oh, all right that <laughs> is good great. that is good to be able yeah. to have that freedom to chase kind of what you're after yeah scott was touching before on um when you were talking about shooting the fighters uh at ufc and being able to place yourself in a in a certain position and and we were talking about being a fly on the wall but it's actually very relevant to your, your kind of surf photography bear in mind i've never done it myself so i'm mm-hmm. assuming i've seen some of your photos obviously you have to get very deep you have to you know the best photos are from like right there mm-hmm how do you approach or how did you approach it when you started because i assume it would have been quite intimidating to be able to go out especially in those kind of breaks with those kind of boys yep. put yourself in those positions how did you approach that so obviously started off just shooting land like everybody and then you get you start to get a, <laughs> One of those a passion animals. for it <laughs> like you're like oh i'm enjoying this. i need to get wet yeah <laughs> boys are like yeah 
don't 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 bring the board out. Just just shoot for a bit more and then come out. And start. Mm. Yeah. So my surfing took a bit of a <laughs> backward step. It's like, oh, cheers, fellas. Do you know of a surfer, Phil Reed? Chopper. Yep, he's um, Eagles. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Eagles of Melbourne. Yep. I owe the owe my water photography to, to him. Like he was the one that would always, you know, let me tag along with him and put me in situations where I'm like, shit, am I am I good here? <laughs> like, and he's just like, you'll be right, you'll mm. be right. Sick. And um, yeah, and that's where that's gone from there. And then next minute shooting bloody Nalu or swimming out at pipeline and, and you hang they're there moments where like you know i'm like literally like in the lineup at, at pipeline like swimming in the water going <laughs> looking back at land going what they're, they're good moments like that where you just because i'll put my hand up right now my surfing capabilities wouldn't be able to handle pipeline mm. but just to be in those heavy moments are uh, due to those boys pushing me in the heavier waves here over over here how is WA surfing um, in terms of progression? Um, you know, because I know we got like Bradley Norris and Kirby mm-hmm. Brown. A lot of those boys were really pushing the envelope. You yeah, know, Brad that, fucked himself up. With, the like, one name you just said then, you know, yeah. I said like Kirby. Israel has that, Kirby. Yeah, like yeah. that's the one. Not, I wouldn't say like the things. I've only met him the once, but that's the one time I've felt nervous around meeting somebody. Yep. Because <laughs> I look up to him so much. I'm like, he's, he's my favorite surfer, <laughs> charger. He's just got that mystique about him like that angry mystique mm-hmm. yeah and that's that was i thought that would go in well <laughs> that's, it's so just, good i always remember i did that whole like when when i was i think when we were in calbarry and he was just there standing around talking for a little bit and then i just woke up and i was like because i'd gone on a trip with chopper and um i just woke up to him and i had that like hesitant moment <laughs> i would have been like maybe 36 or whatever i'm just like full grown man myself and i was just like hi i'm i'm chad i'm i'm, I'm phil's mate and i was just like i'll cook that Dude, it's always with the people it's always with the people you give a fuck about yeah yeah man i've ducked out on some eh? yeah. we were saying we were talking about liam before like me and josh were in london in a nightclub and i really like there's this artist called plan b he was like a uk sort of rap kid mm-hmm. and then he did this really amazing album that was all kind of amy winehouse ish yeah and um liam was living with him remember mm-hmm. in london and he came to visit us in at this pub we were at in dalston and he's like oh i'm up here with ben like just down the road do you want to come and have a drink and i was just like now nah. <laughs> <laughs> i think i was he like tattoos and like yeah yeah white fella yeah proper chavy yeah 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 i remember a few songs of his mm, and yeah. they were like pretty big hits yeah yeah and i was, and like, I was oh, just like, so into yeah. it dude yeah and i was like nah and through the design stuff and obviously origin and that i've been mm-hmm. to dinner with like these megastar djs oh, dude, your best one that impressed me the most and it was just so innocuous we were walking down the street in la we were crossing the road mm-hmm. and i'm standing there both me and scott have a skateboards we're standing waiting across the road and this guy stands next to us with a kid and we look across and i look him up and down my eye cool dude and scott's like hey man how are you and just starts talking to him and i was like yeah they little like nothing conversation oh cute Mm -hmm. kid and shit and i was like oh what the fuck is that we walk off he's like dude that was benji madden (laughs) (laughs) with nicole richie's kid yeah 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 Yeah. well his kid yeah 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 50 50 (laughs) (laughs) he was cool though man he was a nice guy yeah i just had no idea who the fuck it was (laughs) i knew i know who the fuck that is but i just didn't click didn't click and when you see him out in the street it's Uh not in a magazine He's five yeah. foot nine, mm-hmm. not, no mm-hmm. bigger, you know, like it's, it's, a, it's a different. He's a human being though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's how you, like for me, that's, I can approach 99% of people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in New York and I saw Ray Donovan, um, Leif Schroeder, I think his name is, but he was walking right towards me just on the street. 
And I just looked at him and we locked eyes and I just went, put my hand out, shook his hand. And I was like, hey man, I love the show. And he goes, thanks brother. And we <laughs> disengaged and kept it moving. Perfect. Yeah, yes. the person that's I, how, and they're like, that's how they <laughs> all should be. Yes. The person I was with was just like, damn, that was fucking Didn't cool hesitate. as shit. Like that was actually the coolest way you could have dealt with that. And I felt pretty good at, you know, cause you don't want a photo. I think everyone's like, can I get a selfie? Yeah, yeah, It's like, yeah, that yeah. is the most unnatural thing in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Not to mention 90% of people not gonna know Leif Schroeder. Come on, man. Look, I love it, but. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest celebrity thing that I've ever had, right? I lived in LA for a little bit in 2009 yeah. and um, I worked on Melrose, so. I was walking, just walking down the street and I've been in this liquor store and I'm in there and there's these two guys, like gangster looking dudes. I'm in there like buying my thing and it's quite intimidating because you're like right in the middle of Hollywood and um, these dudes are buying their shit, I'm buying my shit. We all walk out at the same time and we're kind of walking down the street and I'm thinking I should be all right here. I don't really understand the rules of LA, like too bad, but I'm in Hollywood. And as we're walking kind of side by side, Alec Baldwin is walking his dog the other way. Small and he just, dog or big dog? Big dog. Okay. Um, like the Dulux dog. Oh, oh like yeah. a shaggy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he just walks between all three of us. We keep walking and those dudes are like, it's fucking... <laughs> Alec Baldwin and I just <laughs> I just turned to them and I was like that was Alec fucking Baldwin <laughs> and they I swear to God these dudes are like Alec motherfucking Baldwin and we're just like dabbing each other up and like almost hugging on the street <laughs> just kept it moving dude Alec Baldwin are you bringing people together oh, Alec fucking yeah. Baldwin oh and also yeah. that Dulux shaggy fucking dog is there more of a celebrity dog because that would take so much work and mm. only someone of Alec Baldwin's status could be like, I'll have it because, oh, you're fucking kidding me. I don't have one of them, oh, but I've got it's ch- similar. Ch- Chatty was waving his arm. Uh, uh, I'm like, cut, cut it now. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm going to get embarrassed. Uh, Scottish Terrier. Oh, so he's got that skirt. He's got the oh, beard. No, West Highland white terrier. Like no, nah, the black, the big long beard. Oh, right. Skirt to the ground. Yes, yes, Every yes, time we go out ones. everywhere, everybody's like... How long does that take to get cut and stuff? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, but imagine if jokes. he yeah. weighed as much as I do. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. That's one of those That, that haircut, man, would be costing could hundreds. You, Dude, shout out to my brother. He's got a, um English Mastiff. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So that's the... I was Rob thinking the food bill. Yeah, dude, it weighs like 105 kilos. That's it's all massive. I think when I see those type of dogs. I'm like, how much are you spending in food? For real. They, they eat a ton but they have the um, similar characteristics to a cat. Just right, they just yeah. eat and chill. Yeah. Eat and chill. You take them for a walk and they're just like, ugh. <laughs> Over it. But they're so massive. When you said they eat a ton, I was actually waiting for you to finish the sentence because I, I thought you were about to say like ton. per week. <laughs> <laughs> but before we got on this fucking massive segue, I asked Chad you a question about his surf photography. I like how these branch out. I know, I right? That's the only way we have anything That's to talk it. about. So I asked you like how you prepared yourself initially when you first went out with those guys into something sizable how did you how did you feel comfortable with knowing where you needed to be and, and what you needed to do I just think that you always so surfing anyway I've always felt comfortable swimming my whole life we've surfed our whole lives started off bodyboarding moved into surfing our whole life so just you feel comfortable in the water and you have hairy moments you have hectic moments and just stay calm obviously and 
just trust your abilities. And I still have hairy moments. I, I just remember one not long ago. There's a break called Dang Dangs, and it was absolutely firing, like massive. It, it, to me, it looked like pipe, but on a dry, dry reef. Like, and Chopper was just like, come on, man, we're going out, you're swimming. And I was just like, all right, whatever you say. And then Brad was there with somebody else, Norris. And um, Brad, I got hesitant when Brad was like getting in his car after surfing. He's like, are you swimming, Chatty? And then his mate and the thing was like, dude, be careful. And I had a crack, but I put my hand up. I couldn't get out. I just kept getting washed in over the rocks. And yeah, that was one of those moments where I was like, what the fuck? I'm way out of my league how here. You, how do you get back? You have to get picked up. Just got washed yeah, over the rocks oh, and pushed Jesus. back in. But it doesn't break that far out. Yeah. Like it's it's just like a pipe wave right on fucking on hard rock. rocks. Yeah. It was, um, It was. It, I don't think it even really gets that big of what it was because all the locals were just, Rye Crake and all that were out towing into it. Mm-hmm. Chopper just paddled it and then everybody else left. <laughs> left and then just chopper was out there because i couldn't make it out swimming he's just looking going oh i don't know if i want to drop one of these bombs oh, shit. but he ended up getting a few and then going took him about an hour to get back in got washed down are you wearing fins was wearing fins so they got blown off and yeah. dragged across rocks <laughs> and then cuts everywhere yeah and that's fucked as well because it's it's like coming off a road bike you got to get like all of the algae and all the shit out yeah. of your oh, that wasn't too bad that one no? nah not too bad but we're saying that my, my biggest like so swimming for photography was at pipe um one day and that's the one where like it kind of rattled me like uh, i didn't hit the reef at all and it is shallow it mm. is so shallow that's why i was so shocked but it blew the first time ever i've let go of my camera like it strapped to me but i let go of it and the barley bombing might have been the best way to describe it it's getting ragdolled yeah like uh, i didn't know what way i was going around it felt like it was just trying to rip all my limbs apart fins blown off but they stayed strapped which was good yeah. and the funny story about that was i think it might have been the first time i ever swam pipe as well i just got too in awe and i just kept getting going i'm going i felt i was getting confident like so we're like two hours in i'm like oh i'm getting closer 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 and hawaiian photographer mike Ido had taken me out showed me the ropes on how to paddle out because it's not just swim out you gotta like go with the current it's pretty hectic and pretty nerve-wracking got out fine as fuck just following him and then yeah obviously that moment happened i do remember popping up and i had that moment because you're not in deep water because you've been ragdolled and the water's all churned up it's like that frothy water so you sink in that frothy water you can't get to the top quicker and so i'm swimming i get that oh like where it starts to burn 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 and then i did the whole you know the and then as soon as i'm like okay straight away i was just like i'm to the top and i'm just like because pipe's firing it's december you're like oh my all i thought straight away was like don't be that guy that gets washed into the shore <laughs> and all the bloody I'm like, oh my God, my missus is on the beach, all these guys. But I remember I just fucking found my fins, like, you know, reached down, grabbed them because they're strapped to me, put them back on. And I remember looking back over and I just see the look on Mike's face, like, I've killed, he had that look of like, I've just killed this kid. <laughs> I've just killed him and I just look at him and I'm like literally dying like I'm still burning with air and I just look at him and I just give him the biggest thumbs up like oh good mate this happens every day no. <laughs> in my head I was just going oh my god oh my god <laughs> grab my camera back and just paddle back out there and you okay don't get because I just got too mesmerizing got caught 
I just got caught out. I I literally was just a wave past, shot it, and then I looked to my right and every other water photographer, because there's so many out there, was just paddling, not just straight out, but that way, just going bang. And you were just in no man's land. I'm fucked. (laughs) And I just swam. I should have swam inwards. I started to try and copy them, and then it just blew up in front of me, and I just went, let go of my camera. Actually, I didn't because it ripped it out, and I just dropped and yeah, ragdoll. Thank God it didn't plow me. You got no hope. Like oh. people don't realize it until you've been, I haven't been out of pipe, but I've been out in some pretty big stuff growing up. And I remember at DY in Sydney mm-hmm. and um, North Point in Kawarama, which is a very yep. similar break. It breaks and you think, oh yeah, there's certain things where you're like, I'll just duck dive that. Mm-hmm. And then there's others where you're like, I have no hope in hell. Like yeah. the power of this wave is like you go under and you're just the cartwheels, right? Yeah. Oh, and you're it, expecting to hit. My left arm was going that way. And my right arm was going the other way. Like Ooh. the power of like feeling like a monster wants to rip your limbs in different directions. That's what kind of rattled me more. And it, and it knocks the breath out of you. Like, cause you then all your energy goes. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. and literally I kid you not, like that's all happening. And I'm only in like, it wouldn't even be as high as that pillar right there. So, and then just to not be going, when am I getting to the top? When am I getting to the top? Because the water's so churned. Ugh, it's so hectic, man. Mm. I started surfing again last, um, just I jumped back on the boog like yep. about two years ago and we were surfing Mandurah Wedge. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's. have you ever been down there? Yeah. Oh, man, such back, a sick Back on our young boog days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just jumped out with Bradshaw and my mate Jeremy. And um, Jeremy used to be pro. Mm-hmm. Like he won the Australian title or something years ago. So he knows his way around. He's totally fine. We're out there. I don't know anything about bodyboarding now. So I'm just out there like old guy having a paddle. Every kid out there is a pro. Oh. Like it was insane and they know that wave because they all live there yeah yeah so they're just hitting because you know it's it's a wedge right so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, man, it's they're a, just hitting it's a, that it's a booger's dream wave totally just ramp sections and they're just hitting that ramp like yeah every single time mm-hmm. but getting in and out you need to climb down this rock this kind of rock face up to the car park and whitey was out there shooting mm-hmm. and i was like i got in no problem and coming back out, I was like, the only thing I care about is not ending up on Kook Slams. Just swim, <laughs> swim the other side. Dude, oh. I got out and I did the same as you. Like, yeah. I, just, I, got, I just got hit as I was climbing back up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I lost my footing and I hit my um, like my left ass cheek so badly that it was yeah. like, like a dead leg you've never even conceived before. And I'm just <laughs> trying to keep my composure. Like, I'm like, I remember Whitey like giving me the, are you good? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 fucking fine so I've lost a fin <laughs> like I'm just climbing up the rocks I'm good I'm good I had one about I reckon only about a year or two years and I don't know how it didn't make freaking any of the kook pages and this one's embarrassing <laughs> and this was just down Scarborough. I was like oh, I'll just go for a surf just, I, I live Scarborough so I was just like I'll just go down it was a busy day it was a nice day so Green Hill was packed beach was packed and I've got all the way down to the water Gone, this gone for a surf and then I've bend down to pull my wedding out I've never done this in like 15 or 16 years of surfing maybe long I can't remember and I'm like what the fuck why do my knees feel weird as I went to bend down I'm like oh you're fucking kidding me I had my because it's down below I put my fucking wetsuit because I've only just done it to my legs put it on fucking backwards and I was there trying to pull it over and I'm like 
Oh, fuck no. And then because you got your, your knee pads, they're on the back of your leg. And I'm just, I've melted. And I just went like, what the fuck do I do? There's no way out of this. I'm like, there is so many people on the beach, on the green hill. That is so many phones pointed in my direction. And then you just, and you know what? And then, because I was just like, the good thing was like Scarborough bloody surf lifesaving was right there. I'm just like, oh, I'll just walk up like I'm act like I'm walking like up a little to. bit more. Like I'll go out here and I just walked up a little more and then I just darted to the fucking <laughs> surf lifesaving club, ran in there, pulled my wet, sweating, like dripping sweat because of the pressure. And it was so hard to get in and out. And oh, I was Jeez. cooked by the time I paddled out. I was just like, after getting that wetty on and off she again. just owned it, mate. Oh, oh, man. There's no I way. I was like, that, that is going on. No, nah, because it's not that, not even the zip. It's the pullover. It's oh, undoable. Because the you way that it all is it. now, dude, it's like right. wetties now. Yeah. It's not just a zip. It's like, the back yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> even like you, I panicked in that little moment. As I was like, do I swim out? And then just try and try and like, I'm like, that's the most retarded like thing you could ever do. It. Yeah, like swim out and try and do it so then nobody can see me. Man drowns in Scarborough. Yeah, I 100% thought for like, you know, like there's a good week or two weeks. You're like, I'm, I'm on one of these good pages. Here, there, we yeah. here we go. Oh. Wait for yeah, the tag. God, I think God. the fear of ending up on like Brown Cardigan or um, Kook Slams is very real. Mm. I live my life in between those two barriers. Like as long as you don't end up on those That's two, you're it. okay. But then you got some people with that much confidence that would just own it and uh, love it. You know what I mean? Like, how you, like somebody like Bradshaw would freaking love that. Oh, 100%. You'd just be like, oh, yeah. Man, my friend Luke Faulkner, he sent me a photo years ago. He was in Bali at like one of those raves or whatever it was. And he's just taking a selfie. And in the background is this dude talking to a girl. Like, because it's, you know, everyone's shirtless. It's mm -hmm. like around the pool. There's a dude talking to a girl. And he's just got a fucking full boner. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, you know, he's just wearing shorts and he's just off his head and he just thinks that he's killing it and it's just forking in the front and I sent it straight to someone that I knew that knew the brown carding guys and it was just like boom on there immediately <laughs> <laughs> well, props to him being yeah. high as fuck and getting a hell boner yeah, yeah, for real. well done can't yeah. do anything with it but no. yeah. well done I was going to ask you, Chatty, like you're talking about pipe being like pretty shallow. Mm -hmm. What wigs you, does, does being in deep water wig you out? Um, um, like when you, when there's nothing there? Yeah, I know. I knew exactly yeah, what you're getting yeah, at with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, when there's lulls, that's, that's what I hate because the boys are away from you and you're, you're just a bobbing seal, like not even a seal because you're not moving. You're just an injured seal just if bait. anything mm. that's little little moments like that that's that i'm not a big fan of you know, especially like rotto box yeah being in the water there and just bobbing Anything even the right. boys are in the boat only like 20 meters away and you just like that means nothing yeah that's no safety barrier we went out once past and i i was even less than scott i used to bodyboard when i was in high school and then i never did and then i was maybe 21 or something and a friend of mine had a holiday house and a boat up in yanship mm -hmm. and he's like we should go to this alchemos wreck and mm -hmm. it's like 2k offshore or something mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah okay, okay great idea and paddled out there so you park the boat off to the side and you paddle into it mm -hmm. and it was way bigger than anything i'd surfed before in my life and being deep water is there like that thickness to it yeah that again exactly. i'd never experienced which terrified the fuck out of me combined with the fact that you're sitting in i don't know how much water there but it's pretty fucking deep and just that not even it wasn't even so much sharks it was just like anything <laughs> exactly 100 i was so freaked out and i yeah. couldn't imagine putting myself there regularly yeah 
how have you managed to kind of get your head around it? It's it's when there's so when you're in those situations, the waves are pumping. So that that's all you because that's what you love. That's what you're drawn to, mm-hmm. and that energy. So and that all just goes out the window. The lulls when you're out there, that's when you can be like. Oh, this is a bit shit. you got time to think about <laughs> You're it. like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm more only ever stressed about sharks and stuff like that when I'm at home. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, so yeah. you've had the session with the boys and then you're back home. Fuck. And, you, and you're like, you think about it and you're like, that's pretty, like, you know, we're in pretty sharky waters here, rada rada and stuff like that. But I take solace in knowing, like, I don't know if you've seen some images, like, when I'm in Hawaii, I always go and do the dives, the free dives with the shark shark people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not just like, yeah, let's jump in the water. Like they teach you everything and then make you feel comfortable and then you free dive with the sharks. Like, it takes a bit of the edge off and you are, yeah. you're surrounded. Like we had one incident when we are in um, Haleiwa and we went on a dive and we we're in the water and it was me, my missus, my sister, and then two others to other people that we didn't know that just jumped on one was from america but this one girl from america on her own pretty young girl and she um she jumped in she was swimming and i can't remember exactly what happened because i was off doing my dive over here but i remember seeing a commotion and turn around and then you feel the energy because you're literally surrounded by like reef sharks and stuff like that she said like um and um and then i literally just because then I've come to the surface and I just hear the, the one of the guys on the boat screaming at her like, calm down, calm down. And she's gone. She swam back to the boat because she panicked and she's pushed herself against the boat and she's just kicking ferociously. And I kid you not, I, then I look, I go back down because I'm like, because I felt like bumped. All the sharks are just bumping into me. Like these, they can still do some damage if they, they want to. Oh yeah. And, um, see one of the instructors swim underneath me and literally just like arms straight out pegged it for for her and like literally had to like nudge sharks out of the way and they just ripped her onto the boat and they weren't too happy with the words but they spoke to her because they make she her putting that energy out there and like kicking and thrashing around just creates a bad yeah energy in the water and then things just got a little bit wild yeah and that's that's when i was like oh man that just changes it just proves that whole thing just remain calm like calmness um in any situation fully yes is and you got to keep your composure exactly we had um i don't know if you listened to it but colby um Colby James, who's like a friend of mine, we had him on and he's a shark conservationist mm-hmm. expert. And he was just like, he had so, so many awesome stories about like, like he does that for a living. He goes and yeah. tags great whites and tries to figure out their migration patterns and mm-hmm. so we can understand them better and stuff. And he's, yeah, free dive with tiger sharks heaps. He's free dive with um, great whites. And we were just like, what that's it <laughs> but um yeah he says it's all about the energy that you bring and also being able to read how they are at the time yeah because they can be he's like there's certain times where you just like don't get in there exactly just like a human or any other animal like exactly emotions could be hungry could be yeah anything. yeah you got to be able to read it exactly have you had any sketchy experiences not, with them with, none. with wildlife even not just sharks no not that I can think of. Probably somebody, if somebody's listening, they're probably like, what about that moment, you idiot? But no, <laughs> no, nothing like out in the wild. Like, we were... No, no. You've had the sketchiest moment experience ever with human beings, though. 
You yeah, played your friend yeah. like a ventriloquist, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. yeah that <laughs> For those of you, moment. I've noticed we probably do need to like preface things sometimes because we just kind of talk as if everyone is listening. Oh, get on the same fucking page. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> it's 11 episodes oh, in. I know. Grow up. So you were in the Bali bombings. You were really, really in the Bali bombings. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said at the start of the episode with Aaron. Mm-hmm. And uh, four other friends. No, it was eight of us. Eight altogether. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, um, yeah, as we said before, like you, in the story that, that Aaron was telling, it was like you were a, a big part of that. Um, you obviously were in the Paddy's. Yep, Paddy's Bar. Yep. Yep. That was our second night there, if I can recall. Yeah, second night. Um, it was funny because I was talking to Aaron about it about when like in the in the lead up because as I'd never really spoken about it publicly mm-hmm. I'm not sure have you ever spoken about it really I, to, it's, it's, it's a weird one stuff. yeah friends know but I, I it's weird like I, I reckon like me saying I've worked at the West for 19 years I reckon not even half my workforce would know that I was in the Bali bombing wow. Like, and that was so in nineteen in and a half sense, years ago, right? You do. I get it to this day. Every every year, you'll be sending somebody like you know, you make new friends or like through your children or have you what through surfing and then yeah, and people are like what? Like if it just comes up and like you've been you've been having beers with them for uh, for ages and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's, I suppose it's not something you're going to bring up every years time. Ago, like, yeah, like so it's like for us, it's like yeah, it never gets brought up. <laughs> so one time a year it gets brought up, <laughs> and that's that's when we all meet up and we all catch up and remember the fallen and um remember like you know the ones that you know that uh, what we went through and raise a glass to the people who didn't make it home to their loved ones absolutely um but it's yeah. i suppose it's not something that you can it, it, we were saying this with aaron it's like it doesn't define who you are it's something you've been through and it definitely plays a part in who you become yeah, but you part, can't yeah. just tell you're not just going to be like wearing the t-shirt you know Oh, 100%, exactly. Uh, the one thing that I take from it is, is uh, as I would touch with bases with you, like it makes you, it makes you such a stronger person. Like I, like every human being, you have little moments in your life where you're like, oh, this sucks, or like, oh, I can't believe this is happening, or rada rada. And then as soon as I just bring myself to that, bang, I'm back. I'm like, man, there's 202 other people that would love to have your problem. You know what I mean? So real, I'm just man. like, and then it just goes, it literally goes like this to nothing. Perspective. Bang. Instant perspective. Yeah. It it's is. almost like I sit there sometimes and I'm like, I should just make a little mark on myself. <laughs> like if I, so if I'm, cause when I say that, that, that issue might arise, but then it's like seven hours later, you're, and then you're like, cause you, you're dwelling on something or something like that. But again, you, know, you just go bang. And it just, it literally just brings you out of it straight away. You're like, man, are you kidding me? Like, that's a hard-earned perspective, man. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that, that story is absolutely insane. I mean, the, the craziest part of what Aaron was telling is the, the fingers in the back of the head. I suppose from your yeah. perspective, it would probably have a reasonable way to say And that say. being one of your best mates who you grew up with from, I think, kindergarten was when we first met. So, talk us through it from your perspective. You Obviously, you guys were all drinking at the, the Herb Hotel and then yep. you've gone, you got into Paddy's. I think you and Aaron were talking to um, a couple of Swedish girls. Yeah. As I always had the gift with the ladies, he had that, that blonde hair and like he was like, I don't know, he looked like one of the Home and Away stars back then or something. <laughs> yeah. So, like the girls were a real big fan of him. Um, yeah, we, we um, made it out to the bar, um, having a drink. 
and I can remember I've gone and walked over to talk to a few of the fellas or gone to the bar and then gone back to there or something like that and then literally it how do you describe it it's it's like being in part like it's literally like that obviously you know what I mean like a bomb's gone off like I don't know how long like it would have knocked me out for but it obviously would have been like either a millisecond or like three or four seconds because it's gone from me just standing there looking at my mates looking over at as i remember looking at as back at as he was with the girls he's literally like over in that corner right there so what's that five meters away? five meters away i look at him and then next minute i'm pushed up it's dark don't forget so i'm pushed up laying on the ground against like with all shit pushed up against me and like you just open your eyes and everything's black and then you're just hearing like and you're like what what the fuck no concept of what's happened yeah you just straight away like ah. and then you look up and then because we're at uh, Paddy's bar that's made out of concrete so it's blown up and obviously like bits of the roof have fucking caved in and stuff as well and then the you just see that because it's dark because it's just blowing all the electricity out all the electricity in the whole, I don't know how many blocks has just gone. So it's pitch black. And then all the concrete starts to fade. Like, sorry, like, you know, like almost rain. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. And then because the fires start, so the fires start to bring light. And then, yeah, it's so you're seeing gray. And I'm looking up and I'm like, what, what, ringing? And then I remember people like running and like kind of touching and grabbing. And I'm like, all right, I'm, this goes a bit of a funny sense, but I'll just say it because it is the truth. Straight away, being only 19, I straight away, the first moment, once I kind of like could see, but the first moment that went into my head was, where's my Globe Gold Cups? <laughs> <laughs> I love those shoes. <laughs> and they've blown like, off your they, feet. Because I wore them, no socks, obviously, yeah, and yeah. just wear them loose. They're like a white, for anybody listening, they're just mm-hmm. like a white basic shoe, just a white plain shoe. And I love those things. I was only 19. They might only cost like 60 or $70. Yeah, but, but they I were your pride them. and joy, yeah. yeah. Keep them white, keep them real fresh. <laughs> <laughs> and they just blew Obviously, they were gone into the stratosphere. And I'm like, where? And so I just... Because you don't know what's happening. You don't go, oh, that's a terrorist attack. You don't, that's a bomb. This was back when this stuff didn't exist. I think like the Twin Towers was the first thing that happened. And mm. then, you know, and nothing, what was that, wor- nothing years? worth it. A year, I think a year. It's a year after. Yeah. Yeah. Not in Bali as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, like, and you always think it will never happen to us. Yeah. Like it'll ne- you're not going to be in one of them. And then, so I kid you not, I found one of them amongst all that straight away. <laughs> but like, you know, I was like within like, I was like, and then you realize, cause then people like trying to like, you know, that were running past or whatever, like I'm on my knees. And like, we need to get out. And I'm just like, okay, I'm kind of dazed still. Chipmunk voices going around everywhere because you're like, your ears just go crazy. And they just slowly start to like, the ringing slowly starts to go away and you can make out voices. And then I've got to my feet. I got about, oh, kind of close to where the front bit is because I'm like pushed up near the bar. I got to the front bit of the bar and then I'm like, the boys were back there you know what i mean like i know i was kind of like closer to the front than the boys so i was like i I gotta go see the boys like fuck them because i'm like i could see what's happened there's body parts everywhere there's people screaming everywhere did you have a sense at that point yeah that's when i was like oh this is serious that's when i knew straight away like from that moment i was like oh shit 
once as soon as you you don't freak out it's real weird you just like oh this is fucking serious i thought literally that we're under attack like people were going to start running through machine guns and stuff like that um so i was just like i need to get to the back and get to the boys and, and find the boys so i get to the back i find shero and i find morgues um they're kind of just like stunned like what the what the hell's going on morgues is like yeah like really like what what the hell's going on man i'm like i don't know we all i know is we got to get all of us together and we got to get out and then we're looking for as because we're like as was around here we're also like where's shero where's where's sano um sorry where's um smokes where's Sa um sano and then we find we're looking for as and then sorry sorry it's just a little bit rattling no, um we're struggling to find as because we can't find the other boys and we know as was the deepest and cause as had a specific belt on and also got like this henna tattoo type thing <laughs> on his leg henna or fake like on his leg that day like it fucking burnt in and shero spotted them because he because he had white hair at first i was looking at him he was just face down like literally face down with bodies on top of him like like literally stiff armed back face to the concrete and his head i was like that's not him because his hair was black but that's because all the like dust and yeah. soot and everything's well, just gone know, because yeah. he had the whitest hair as white as your t-shirt and um and shero's like nah it's him and he, he made me convince it's him once he pointed that because he spotted the belt but then he not he also spotted the tattoo and i was like yeah that, he got that tattoo today or yesterday wherever it was and i was like it is and then we had to take the body off there was one body off on him dead like not moving you don't know at that yep. time i like to not yep, mm. okay. delve in that just in case she mm. survived yeah mm. or or because you in that moment you, could you have helped her i don't know like you know mm. what i mean but it was like mm. we just wanted to get to our mate yep so it's like got to i moved it got to our mate rolled him over he's lifeless and that's when i when he was lifeless and i rolled him over because you see all the damage that it's done to him He's, it's literally like he's just got undies on that's it and his undies are torn off it's that's just basically blown his it. Clothes off. yeah blown his clothes off um with like undies all torn up um, and he was obviously in pretty bad shape like he's yeah, pretty like burnt I, I, I was a hundred percent sure sure then i was like my mate's dead like um so then we've gone to lift him and then that's when sharon morgues are down like torso way bottom torso and then i went under his head and went into the back of his head and that's when I went down, 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 down. We've got to put him down because I just seen like black ooze. It was like just black ooze go down my hands. And then that's when I was like, oh, he's definitely dead. And then I kind of had like a little bit of a moment. And I, so all chaos is going around you. And, it's, and then I just started hitting the wall like, fuck. Because he's, he's and then head was... Shero just grabbed me. Our good mate Shero, he just grabbed me, like literally like that, like with me, within a moment of me just going, fuck, hitting the wall. He just grabbed me and he just straight to the eyes. He just goes, I don't give a fuck if he's dead. We're fucking getting him out of here. And I just went, poof. I was just back in the zone. And then straight away from that, we got him. And then you can imagine what a after a bomb's gone off, oh, like shit. a thing, like you've you. A Bali nightclub's full of fucking shit anyway. He was so heavy. Yeah. I just he was so slippery because he was because he's blown his shirt off and he's bloody. He's just literally torn up undies. 
it's just so so hard to carry so we're like fumbling and trying to get him over stuff and moving stuff and um then so then we get as soon as we get him to the front and we move him down a little bit and i'm like you know like i'm like he's dead and then uh, it was the freakiest moment man he, when he just opened his eyes like it was like i couldn't believe that a body with that much damage could open like you could open their eyes you know what i mean turn yeah. back on yeah. um and that freaked me out and then we're just like almost yeah we're just like oh my god we're all like looking at each other he's alive he's alive and that's when Haz is like stew boy standing around him yeah he would have been going what the <laughs> fuck and was it all seven of you guys uh no so sano would um sano's like a big musty dude he'd booted out this door with an i think i could you know i'm going off my memory of what he says because we don't talk about it every time we catch up yeah, even him. on the memorials we don't say reenact what we did that day but i'm pretty sure he him him and another dude got to found a window that was boarded up and they booted through that and then they were just jumping jumping levels just to get away from the carnage because they thought it was an attack right yeah, yeah. and then bones he as told you the story of the japanese girls mm -hmm. he had the two japanese girls on his side and he had smokes i might this is like a little, this is a bit of like you're like oh, are you serious so our good friend smokes him and as were getting extremely drunk that day i didn't wasn't getting extremely drunk because i'd got pretty drunk the night prior so i was just at that kind of enjoying myself level smokes was obliterated smokes he got there before all of us we all walked up smokes jumped on the back of a scooter and went up with somebody else and was there before any of us we got there and we found him and he was at the back on the butt on the on the bench like annihilated like, like wow like that yeah like <laughs> like just spew oozing out his mouth just, wow he was just comatose and oh that's what that's another one, another crazy one with it so when i first got there me and bone because i wasn't i was i was drunk but i was like with it drunk me and bones go we'll take him home and we'll come back because our hotel was only just down the road so we've grabbed him because we're only literally there for one or two drinks before this has happened we've grabbed him and we're walking him out to to go to the front like a like a dead body this is why everything's good and then our friend bontot indonesian mate was like no, no 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 just let him sit down we'll just give him water we'll give him water and he's just like this <laughs> and we took him back to the seat and we're like okay and so then sliding doors <laughs> exactly that's what i always think about if me and bones were out the front waiting we would have been standing right in front of that where truck and you know they say 202 they reckon that the people that would have been standing right near there more of so if they were balinese they wouldn't even just there'd, there'd be no body parts to that would have been the sorry club one so they reckon there would have been more yeah so the one that was it was the road is literally tight that tiny you know what i mean and they literally were sorry club patties each side of each other it, yeah it was that bomb went off so once people came to see the commotion of what happened at paddy's then they'd let it off and take everybody out there also but yeah that was one of those sliding door moments where it's like if we were standing at front waiting for a cab because we would have got to the front and would have gone why is it because they they got out of the car and left the car there so mm. all the traffic would bank up 
we would have got front and we wouldn't have been able to get a cab because all the traffic would have been banked up because there's a car sitting there there's a, a car just sitting and it would have been right that that's the car would have been like oh is that a cab boom <laughs> wow um so we've taken him back so then the other crazy thing to come through all this is like to think about and like one of the weird moments moments is for smokes smokes hasn't woken up till the next day because he's ha- he was passed out through it all. He was passed out through a terrorist attack. <laughs> His oh mate, Bones. Bones is a big unit as well, massive fella. He smokes as a big unit. Dead weight is heavy. Mm-hmm. He carried him all on his own with two Japanese girls on each side. Like He's like, grab onto me, girls. Like And Karen smokes out Jesus. and got smokes and carried him all the way back to the hotel. That's with great. the girls so back to where we were we got as so sano's gone off doing his thing he then meets up with us out the front out of all the chaos all the people screaming everywhere sano's met bumped into us at the front we're like what the fuck so we're all kind of back together bar bones and smokes because he's taken them straight back to the hotel we end up i do not even know how we get a, a beamer taxi i don't even know how they got that lined up we get as into the thing and we're like we need to just get him to the hospital get him to the hospital we were a few of us were like oh we'll stay and see if we can help like more soon as like kind of like we got him in shut i was like because you're just going off adrenaline mm. well i was like my legs hurt and i looked down and i'm just like oh you're fucking kidding me so my kneecaps hanging off my calves literally like a shark spitting through it and that's the two big ones that i see right away and i was just like boys 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 i have to come to the hospital as well (laughs) and um so yeah and then that's the more gnarly part and the more bit that i don't like like i'm fine with talking about it but it's like being at the hospital that was the worst part so our bit then goes we get as to there in the taxi was hectic because as couldn't move and he didn't know what was going on and he's just like pick me up pick me up and we're going just stay down stay down um our friend Kenners is literally running and guiding the taxi and running up to front people and going which way to the hospital which way to the hospital and he's just like, I, that's, I just remember seeing Kenners in the headlights this way, run the whole way to the hospital. Because it's chaos, right? Because it's chaos. And that they were never prepared for that. Bali had never experienced anything like that. So the, the system just got overloaded. I don't know how many would have got injured. We got as to the emergency department and we got him in there. And then they were like, all right they just took him off and it was like real weird because you just hand your friend and then he's just gone and you're like i don't know if i'm ever gonna see him again like from seeing what happened and then you're just like all right i need to get worked on now was he in and out of consciousness in the taxi yeah in and out yeah um just just in his torn up undies not being able to move an inch and you're looking at his wounds and i'm looking at kenner's and you're like fuck are we going to get there in time was he ble- was he bleeding a lot? Because he had that injury nah, in the back of his head. I would it, have assumed nah, he was it's bleeding. Weird. That's what what I take from it is like he's amazing what the body can go through. Seeing what happened, like it's like you would. I'm like, man, the body can take some damage and still survive. Like after seeing what as body went through, um, even like myself with 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 my um, 
my scars so much. Did you get straight in when you went in? You said, fuck, I need to get worked on now. Like, did you yes. able to get straight in and see someone? So you went in and you were literally in a room that we were in was probably double the size of this room. So not that big. And everybody's just on bed. They, they, like, they look at you and they're like, yep, get on a bed. So you're kind of like, you're on a bed, you're going to get worked on. And then you're all just jammed in. I was so lucky to have Sano. So Sano had injuries as well. The the big muscly dude. What had, what had happened to him? He's with all leg leg shrapnel as so well. So just with the strap, was that because he had the bomb strapped to him? Did he have like um? Because I know the one that went off outside had a bunch of ball, like bearings, ball bearings and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Was his just an explosive that he had strapped to him, or did, not, do you think you got hit with the shrapnel? I'll, I'll never be able to say. I suppose it's just an explosion. Some so could have been from stuff. that. Some yeah. could have been from bar stuff broke anything yeah like it's a, it's a, it's bomb. a bar there's it's a, a lot bomb. Of stuff, there's yeah. a lot of, mm. everything just falls to pieces and flies everywhere yeah everything um, becomes a bullet i was just lucky that everything was waist down like you know what i mean like um so calf bottom of the feet torn to shreds and then thank praise of jesus all the way mm. around the crutch area <laughs> you got kids now you're yeah, good yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, and it, do you know why it would have because I'm, I'm lucky like it, it did miss there and like there, there's all like, up on my legs like little like you know a little one centimeter like where they had to get little shrapnel bits out that would have definitely got people all around the you yeah. know it's um man even that shrapnel can cause blood infections and you can be dead that's real it. quick yeah like, it can go real terrible for you yeah so when we got so when we're lying there waiting and um you're waiting to get worked on as i was touching on like with having santa there i was so lucky fortunate to have him so because we you had your mate right next to you so then they got to us oh before that i think i remember in as one how you was touching on how you kind of use humor to as a defense mechanism mm -hmm. um, we were, mechanism, um yeah, yeah um i'm there and then i literally like look up and i'm like oh shit i'm like santa's a rugby boy so he doesn't know so i can't even go oh, okay that's Mick Martin from North <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> He's just right there because Jason McCartney was in it, and he was. And they were. He was looking after Jason. And I was like right there, and I was just like, and I just went, Mick. And he looked at me, and he just like went like you know the hand like not now, not now, yeah. And I was just like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're all in serious pain. <laughs> How can you get not nowed when you're on a fucking bed? And you're going to be like, you're going to go, Jason right, mate. wasn't in a good way. No, yeah, yeah, Jesus. But I was just like, Mick. It was like, not Mick, Mick Martin. It was just like, Mick. Um, Jason made it back. He played. Yeah, and I just and then clicked straight back. Cause was yeah, it Jason? yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he played that, played he played that, that one game, right? And then yeah. did the did the lap of the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. legend. Yeah, in his um, Burns uh, pressure bands. Um, so then the gnarly part was then when it came to your turn to get worked on because all the they weren't Bali wasn't prepared for something like that. All the anesthesia went to like you know the serious serious people that lost full limbs and mainly the burns because the burns well, that was another story seeing the burns and. Um, they went me first and I just remember like Sano held my hand, you know, like like head to head kind of like, and his whole mind. And then I kid you not, no anesthesia and them, they got, they have to pull as much shrapnel as they can see there out. So they got like tweezers and stuff. The little ones like around the belly and stuff, like they just got tweezers and they're pushing around inside your stomach and 
the big one on the calf they're just like got like a rag and just rubbing at it like the oh. inside but i will put my hand up i'm, I'm not a, i'm not put my hand up saying i'm a tough guy or anything like that because i'm not i'm even more of a sook as i get on <laughs> but um you're in that much adrenaline there's nearly no pain and having your mate there as well i was joking with santa i'm like you're next yeah. you're next this is you oh. and then when it came to his turn he's like oh, oh. you know not in like yeah. a pain yeah, like you yeah, know yeah, like, oh, oh. like and yeah and then that got that happened then they moved us into a different ward which was like a big hall and that was that was hectic that was that was something else that was like your time stood still and you were in like a nightmare and in the sense of bed to bed luckily once again i mean santa were like we're not leaving each other where he goes i go because when i got finished on they're like all right get in on. i go no 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 i'm staying here i'm whole, i'm going through this with him took us off together and then we're in like the hall and the screen you can imagine i i wouldn't even be able to tell you how many hours were there for but it was like obviously when it from when it happened it was until the next day daytime and the amount of people that passed away in that hall and screaming burn victims and yeah scream 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 then look over the next minute there's sheet. a white sheet over them stuff like that and then me. was that we was that just to just to paint a picture of that hole it's obviously tough but like was that yeah. um did you all have beds or was it just yeah we're just- all everybody was in their own bed yeah. yeah but it was just like you're in a bed that's it like you know like the wheel wheel bed thing so yeah. they could just wheel you around and then that's it like being in like if you went to your local hall you know what yeah, i mean like yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. that thing so there's no division between them or anything yeah no 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 you're just in a hall yeah. like so you can you're looking over and i just remember and, and you, apart from santa i wasn't saying nobody was saying anything to anybody and people just looking at each looking at themselves like what like in all of what's just happened and that's where uh, the burns victims man that that sticks with me like i'm like you know you never see one and see anybody go through that like i just meant the people's skin just falling off and just just they're just like in awe screaming the pain they're just in pain and then yeah it gets the next day and then we were very very lucky we had a bit of a guardian guardian angel come help us as you were saying like with the um infections and stuff like that um a lady from she was from byron bay now lives in queensland and she's like you know we're still in touch all the time um Surveying newton she she has a business in bali she was like so she was like i need to go there and help people and she was walking along and then she seen me and sano sitting there and she's seen so they bandaged my whole leg from the top just all the way down and so I was like, you know, my leg was just stiffened. Uh, she sees the uh, the weeping coming out, out of the calf one because the calf was real serious. Um, and then she started to undo from my ankle and she's seen and she's like, we, you need you need tetanus, you need yeah, all this. You're like, that's, that's not good. You're not in a good way. And then she literally walked up. She goes, I'll be back. And, you know, like when I say guardian angel, she's like, because we were 19 then she was i don't know she was like your mum's age but mm. pretty lady and like blonde hair and you're just like oh you know, help me yeah, help please you know, be the mum that, that's not here to help me yeah you're like is this really happening speaking english and she and- literally walked off came back within an hour and she's like i'm getting you out of here 
And I'm like, and I could, and I'm like, she knew that whether she's like, yep, you're coming too. She's like, you need serious um, attention to your leg. And she just got us, wheeled us. So through all that time, I'm, we're asking, excuse me, excuse me, where's Aaron? Where's Aaron Lindsay? Can, have you heard from my friend? That's all like, we'll just, me and Santa were going, he, he'll be all right, he'll be all right, he'll be all right. And I'm just like, oh, in my head, I'm going, no. Nah. No, that's the first time as well I like spoke to God. <laughs> I'm not religious at all, and I literally, and I've kind of gone back on my word. So sorry, God, but I was, I did say, I'm like, I was like, God, if you get as a through this, I'll pray to you every day. I choke up a little bit. No, <laughs> think of that, yeah. but um. It's funny yeah, when you're under and you go to God. Even yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You just want your friend to be yeah. good. You know what I mean? And um. When Savane got us at the front in the wheelchairs, she comes up. No, a random dude just come up and she he, he's like, we found your friend. He's alive. And wow. then that's when I broke down mm. in the wheelchair, like crying happy. Um, Mr. X he was. That was his, his name on the board. Yeah, Holy Mr. X because they didn't know his name because he was in that bad of a way. And were those the two ladies that uh, ended up being in the book? With, no, with, or did he have sure. different? No, that was on Aaron's side. Yeah. I think it was like a man and a lady who came oh, up to okay. me and um, said that to me. Like literally stopped us in our wheelchairs as they were walking us out yeah, and right. told us that. And then you're just like, that's when you're like, what? They're like, but they were like, they were honest and straight up. They're like, he's in a bad way, mm. but he's, he's got a lot to go back. He's alive right now. When you're in that hall um, and you were, you know, thinking about Aaron, you said you might have had like maybe 12 hours or something in there. Do you think at that point about um, your parents' home or were you entirely focused on where you're at, what's going on in Aaron? Entirely focused on Aaron and then literally like, like everybody else, like as in like, because I was like, fuck, I'm bad. My leg's bad. But I was, I can remember the guy across from us being just burnt and looking at the skin on his white bed sheets just flaking off and they're everywhere when i say mm. I, there would have been a hundred people in that hall like and screaming the screaming the screaming the thing and you're just like oh as much because you know you can't do anything you're just like i need i need to get out of here like oh my god you're 19, 19 and you're watching you're that was the worst old. people say like seeing like you know pulling dead bodies off as and seeing them on the ground and people screaming for your help as well because you and you would look down and people were missing limbs and you're trying to get as out and over like you know moving through the rubble um and there's people screaming for your help but you need to help your friend and it eats you up a little you're like you know you get to the, that's why when we got as in the car we're like okay he's good now and then you look down and then you're like, oh, I need to go as well. Like, look at my leg. It's, it's like insanity. Bit my leg off. It's insanity that you were able to get him out with your leg in that. Yeah, 100% did not feel one thing. And it kind of feels like maybe to the point that you got him to like some form of safety, your body was just like, this is all that matters. And then as soon as the, he was there, you were just yeah. like, I it can't It wasn't like pure pain. It was just like ache pain. You know, yeah. when you get an ache, mm. like, when why you am I going like, to Mm. Well, yeah, well, throb. little throb yeah. ache, and then I just seen my knee because my knee got two big lacerations, and it was like a kind of like a double fold over, like hanging out. Yeah. So that's what I was drawn to first, looking straight down, and then when I seen my calf, I was like, and and blood's not coming out anywhere. Wow. It's literally, 
these guys have seen the scar it's like a nice big chunk like yeah. a like reef sharks had a nice little bite and zero blood i wonder whether it was actually cauterized by yeah. whatever went through you initially the knee wasn't pissing out the no. bottom of the feet weren't it was so weird. weird yeah fuck it's like your body goes we need to yeah. keep this blood i don't know but then you see sharp bites and it's like we need to bloody get a tourniquet on this exactly. right away instantly and it's it's crazy i know that like we didn't really go into this either as but it certainly sounds like it's pretty it's so highly unlikely that he survived that right 100 percent. and so the fact that you guys got him did, to he, the hospital he, when he you passed did, away quite a few times yeah the fact that you got into the hospital when you did I think if yep. it would have gone any other way, it wouldn't have. We'd be having a different discussion right now. A hundred percent. If he stayed in there for even until like rescue service came, maybe I don't know how far away they were, like hours away. Let's say I don't know, mm. like. Till, well, that was the other thing I didn't touch on as well. Once we got as to the front because you're in the paddies and you just focus on what's going on there and then we got in the front, we put him down because he was so slippery and heavy, and then I look across the road. And the Sari Club, which we all know and we've all been drunk, like got drunk out, had great times out. That's when I was like, oh, we, we are under attack because it was the ground on fire. Mm. There was nothing. Because it was all, th- you remember, it was like uh, like made out of bamboo yep. and all that yeah. stuff. Like that. The ground on fire. And then because of the bomb, that's ruined all the shops near it. You know, there was the surf stores and all that near it. That's when I was like, what the f- it we was just in a fire world war two we like, did the research what? like i did some research before we spoke to aaron um and watched the videos and the photos and it's man it's gut-wrenching like mm. i mean you guys you guys were there and you lived through it but like even just watching it i was just like oh my god like mm. you forget it becomes part of folklore and it becomes part of that story of like oh the barley bombings but then when you actually i mean speaking to aaron speaking to yourself and watching those videos the sari club was it was unrecognizable as a building it was just fi- it was just like it looked like it was like a 40 foot flame yeah exactly and that was it mm-hmm. it's absolute insanity and obviously with you guys going back in to um going back in to try and find ours when you kind of congregated out the front mm-hmm. there's no that's concrete you have no idea if that's about to collapse yeah you're not even thinking you're not even about thinking about it at all not even for a millisecond you're thinking of that and that's not being a hero or anything like that. He just doesn't. You're just like, uh, where's my boys? Yeah, like single-minded. Yeah, you're like, where's my boys? I need to, I need to be with my boys. Because yeah. you get through it, the situation easier if you're all together and with the boys. How far in and, did you have to go? So when you guys were out the front, because you guys were out the front. I, and didn't, then you no, were, I didn't make it to Oh, the you front. didn't make it? No, the no, other no. guys were out the front, weren't they? No, no, no. Other guys were right at the back. Okay. Um, I got pushed and then I got to like, I would say halfway to the front because I'm being an idiot and looking for my glowed gold, glowed gold cup <laughs> like on my knees crawling around that's literally for like 30 seconds yeah. um, and then I get up and then I'm like because you then you're like okay because everybody's who's hasn't been injured is or who is still able to walk is like you know gang rushing for the for the exit and so you kind of get caught up in a little bit of that but I'm like no 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 no, where's the boys like I so I didn't make it to the front I just got pushed along with the crowd a little bit and then I was like no no, no where's my boys I'm going back because they were deeper than me yeah I think Kenner's got to the front like one of us and but then yeah and then that's when I found Shero and Morgs and then if basically Shero is the one that found us I was adamant it wasn't as because his hair was black yeah and so, yeah, 
props to Shero. Good, good spotting. <laughs> it's fucking good, wild, yeah. man. It's wild that all eight of you got out. Yeah, the, I think I think there was two in the groups. Like for when they say like if people were there in groups, there was only two groups, or maybe only us. I could be wrong. As a one hundred percent know that all their group got out if you were there in a group. Mm. Um, it is. It is really interesting to hear both sides yeah. of the same tale. It's one of the. It's not one of the first times I've had that experience, but it's like, it's probably the biggest thing that's kind of happened, like the most crazy shit that's happened where you've got these multiple viewpoints mm-hmm. and it's all interesting because all the, the stories intersect. Mm, fully. You know, it's it's you such a wild story. Paste a different it, picture together. Exactly. Like Motley Crue the Dirt. Exactly. That's why I love reading that book. Exactly. Because you're getting all there and you're like, oh, he's seen it, seen it like that. And that's how oh, He's seen it like, okay, yeah, yeah. I see what's going on here. Exactly right. That was the first book where I was like, that it all buy books like that should be done in that sense be very careful what's what is this sour of some description is it go down to the dregs of what's in the fridge well no that was that oh, I'm lagging. viva pine lime cr- no nah, i'm gonna pass on this i don't know mm-hmm. what that is. Mm. Uh, this? it looks scary bro i can drink as I said, Ted's is the only beer that I'm scared of. <laughs> when people are like, oh, what do you like? I'm like, find me a beer I don't like. Cancel that Ted's That's what I always say. It's a good way to be. Yeah. So you've um, you found out that Az is good. Yeah. Oh, no, you found out that Az is alive mm-hmm. when you're getting wheeled out and this woman's um, kind of like removed you from the hospital. She's yeah, she's taken me to this and it freaked us out. So she was, ta- I didn't know really where she was taking us. You're just like happy that somebody is choosing you uh, you can't you're like why are you helping me you know what i mean um she gets us in the car and we start driving after she's been told as is alive and then we get to like bmh like it's like a little like like a little tiny clinic mm-hmm. you know what i mean like where i don't know like you get x-rays and stuff like that and we got in there and there was nobody in there and I'm like, and it was aircon, and we got in there, and then they just literally went, yep, straight away, and just opened up, took all our bandages off, took me in first. Sano's waiting on the couch out, nice aircon. It's almost like you feel a bit guilty, like what, what the hell? Why, why am I why getting is, this? Why am I getting? Properly like flushed out all our wounds, um, gave us shots, um, bandages back up. Then I've gone back out onto this couch in this tiny little clinic. Sano's gone in for his turn. I'm laying there like, and that's the first moment where I've got to like, kind of go like, and like, like there's quietness and like, oh, oh. And then literally, this sounds like a movie, an Indonesian guy like, you know, walks through the door and has the bike helmet, you know, like the whole, like comes in, takes the bike helmet off. He goes, looks at me and I kid you not, this is no lie. Looks at me, goes, are you Chad? And I'm like, yeah and he goes this is for you hands me a phone i'm like i'm not taking the phone so i'm like what what and he goes for you for you your dad i'm like what the f- what i'm like okay and then ring ring my dad's on the phone whoa i'm like what the fuck i don't know how somehow all the parents have gotten together like oh half of high wickham's gotten together <laughs> They're all at Az's house. So he's like, I know people in Bali. Everybody's ringing everybody. And they're like, we need to contact these boys. And however, 
they got in touch with somebody who they knew from Indonesia and this dude's found me from moving from there to this tiny little thing. Obviously, Savane had to tell people where she was taking me. And he's walking in, give me the phone, and talk to my dad. That's fucking insane. Bro. I was like, I had oh, chills. Like, I got chills now. Yeah, bro. it was crazy. Damn. I was like, what? And then, yeah, and then that's when I had the moment. Like, he, he was just straight away. He's like, are you okay? Obviously, going through all that. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I just got proper proper work done then. Like, not mm. proper work done. Mm. Like, it was still gnarly once I got back to Frio, if they couldn't believe. Like, but I got tetanuses and stuff. Yeah. You didn't um, die. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to tell my old man that, as is bad he's alive and he's like do you think he will make it and i'm like i don't know i don't think so he's bad dad i was like he's i'm not yeah he's i've what my body what my eyes sorry just seen happen to a human body um and yeah he handled it from there was that the first um was that the first time you'd had to put everything into perspective as far as like you asked like he's asked you if as is going to make it and you're like is that the first time you've thought about that i i honestly thought as was passed away multiple times so it wasn't the first like think about how long me and santa were sitting in that hall for i'm not even exactly sure i know it was daytime the next day and that's all like and we'd just say little prayers like you know help us and just ask any lady walking past do you know our friend aaron Lindsay? and you can imagine how many people were going through the same predicament and like no one could say anything or not new, new it's names. Chaos, yeah. it's chaos and yeah if, if i was a betting man i would have lost all my money because i would have, i was like there's no way a, a human body can go through what he's gone through and s- survive um but it can and that's what i've taken from this yeah, the body real. can take some serious damage um we are just hunks of flesh and stuff like that but it can he's proof of it yeah yeah he has a determination and a he certainly has some characteristics about him. I don't know if everyone would have made it through that. Yeah. Like just 100%. talking to him, just the way that the way that he approached it and everything, mm-hmm. it really is like, I don't know if everyone would have survived that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot. One of the other things, so my older sister's partner, uh, husband, sorry, his parents are, I, don't, I wouldn't even know the exact word for it, but his dad basically would travel the world for like medical equipment and stuff like hey this is the new this like in new york like um right right by that that's what they used to do for work and i'm pretty sure it was them they spoke to certain doctors and they reckon as was hairline away from being in a wheelchair hairline wow because <laughs> they yeah, a hairline. Yeah. That he spoke to high up there people, and they're like, he is hairline from yeah of luck, like from Jesus. being out of walk or being in a wheelchair. I don't, I can't really remember if it was wheelchair or quadriplegic or, but yeah, I always remember hearing that, and I was like, oh my god. And then I had to go through, was that me? Because I stuck my hand, my hands in his head. You know, oh, shoot. Okay, we all learn now. I did surf lifesaving for a little bit there. You know, it's all about neck support and stuff like that. And I, because I, I just tried straight away, like let's get him out. And I just got in because I tried to support the head like you do, and I went under, but I went in. Mm. And then I'm like, have, did I? I would have had to live with if he did end up in a wheelchair or whatever. Like, 
did I cause that by putting my hands all the way up into the back of his head? And that's something that's always going to be within your, like anyone could tell you, you'd be like, you're probably the reason he's alive. Yes, but that's it's what like, people would be saying. Yeah, but you would be better like, about nah, I don't care yeah. about any of that. Like, yeah. I've caused this. Yeah, we never would have known, you mm. know what I mean? Like, but, I, you know, you always... Oh, like to think hope that maybe i would have looked at it in a better way but you never know i might have looked at it a way like no i did that dude you're a fucking but, hero man like i don't know i've never even met anyone that i could say that about like you, like we had that combo with aaron and he was talking about you and obviously all of your friends as well by by all means but Special I know this is something. Yeah, for spot. Shout out, Shira. <laughs> spotter. He needs but, to be a shark. I don't know something where your eyes are just like security out of casino. Security guard is Wallier. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. real. But that man. man is like, yeah, just, just. I know we're not even through the story, but like, there's no way that he's still here if if that doesn't if that doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's a lot it's, of stars aligned. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people like. You, as you said, you never know how you're going to act in those situations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no idea because it's fight or flight. Yep. And like you guys were obviously like, where's my friends? Yeah. There's no guarantee that that's going to be your reaction. So, I mean, you can be, you're blessed that that was your reaction. It was obviously I, the I think because we not just being friends, we all grew up with each other. We weren't just like mates from like, oh, I've known him. We, we grew up with each other. We're all from the same suburb, pretty much all of us. It, it's like your brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not like, oh yeah, I've known Jono for a couple of weeks. He's a good bloke. It's like, no, that's my bro- that's my They're family. Party, I right? need to go make sure we're all getting out of this together. That's it. He went to prison in Japan. Did you, I don't know if you knew this. He got, he got banged up abroad. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get on it? He he probably Frankly, he'll probably get the call up. It. He'll probably get the call up at some point. Um, but when we heard, because at first he was missing. And when we heard he was missing, I was like, every fiber of my existence was like, nothing. I, we just need to find out what the fuck is going on with Josh. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to find out what's going on. So we're like emailing hospitals, calling, and you feel totally helpless, especially being here. And then we're hearing all rumors about like Russian fucking sketchy gangs and triads and all this sort of stuff and, and stealing. Um, Setting you up. Stealing body parts. Uh, like, there's a lot of shit going on and i'm like i spent the first i I spent a whole night basically i've got this chair at home this like fake eames chair and i just sat on it till like four in the morning and i was just like bouncing between trying to do things and and this this terror but the feeling of like helplessness helplessness and also the feeling of like just needing to know that like it's i don't think it's that point until you really realize like how connected you are to someone and how much you care about someone yeah where it's like it's not tangible for them to not be okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that's what you guys had was just like your immediate instinct wasn't get myself. Am I okay? Like yeah. get myself out of here. It's like, we need to be whole. Like we need to yeah. make sure that everyone, everyone is out. hundred percent. And that, and that's what helped us all get through it. You know what I mean? Like I, I even think, and I'm like, man, I'm so thankful that I had to go. Th- I got, I was lucky. I wasn't lucky. I got to go through all my bad moments with Sano, with your best mate bed to bed the whole way from surgery to dealing with the hall and people dying in the hallway to getting cleaned up until getting put on a plane home that was a, a hilarious story as well when did you link plane. up yeah when did you link up with Azor? 
not until we got back. We got on a different plane. Oh, wow. They put us on just a normal Garuda. This is where you're like, I look back and I'm like, are you kidding me, yeah. man? So they've literally just gone. John Howard's just gone, get flights there, get everybody home. They've got, because so we're at that medical bit and from that medical bit, which is the next day. Which is where you spoke to your dad. Yep, spoke to the dad and he's like, right, we're getting so-and-so's coming to get you. I think it was like our friend Jordan, his mum, and organised all the boys and like they're going to be at the airport and then Savane's going to get you guys to the airport and then John Howard's got a heap of flights there and you're just jumping on the next flight. So I'm back bandaged up from top of my leg to my bottom of my left leg and then all just random little bandages, stiff-legged basically. Put in the thing, got to the airport. I'm, you're still in the same clothes you wore. So my, you've got tears in your clothes, blood on your clothes. You stink, like it, insane smell, like weird, weird smell. I'll always remember. And we've got on this plane flight, and I kid you not, this is no word of a lie. Got on the, got on the plane, and then they put me in my seat. They put me in an aisle seat, so my legs fucking just hanging out. And I've got this random fucking family sitting right next to me, like, like dad and kid. And then the mum's behind them. And then I'm just like, I look at them and I'm like, cause I'm covered in blood and just stink. Well, and they're bandaged. just coming home from holiday. Yeah. They're just, cause everybody wanted to get <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was, it didn't matter. What, like, it wasn't like, Oh, it's my, my flight. Yeah. Everybody just wanted to get out and get home. So John Howard just literally Stuck organized flights for yeah. everybody. And I'm like looking and cause I got, they put me on last because of my leg and I'm sitting in that aisle like right. So right before first class, they've got my leg hanging in the aisle and I'm like, I look at this poor family and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Cause I stink. <laughs> yeah. Like stink, like something else. And I've got blood all over. Yeah. Me. Like black. It just looks black. Like I'm covered in black, which is blood. And I'm just, I'm so sorry. And he's like, mate, this is fucking bullshit. Like not you, he goes. Do not complain to us once here. And then because I could, and then he gets up and he goes, "Why is he not in that first class thing where there's nobody in the first class where you could be laying down?" There was no one in no there. One. The Garuda lady looks and goes, "He's not allowed to be there." And there's zero people in the first class. And I'm just like, because I'm just done and I'm just spent and tired. Yeah. I am like just happy to be going shit. home. But I'm like, I, I'm not blowing smoke. <laughs> always, I'm always considerate others. I don't like to be a burden on anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm that dude. Like, yep, sorry. Like, I'm the. I don't put my seat back on flights to LA or anything like that because I just it's the worst thing in the world, Same. man. When somebody just slams that seat back, we're all in this together. Don't encroach on. This is my space. That's your space. That's that, and that goes throughout life. Like, don't get in people's way. <laughs> yeah. We're all in this together. Mm. Um, you're not more important than anybody else. Um, and this dude, it literally took him, I kid you not, like he went to town, if it wasn't for him, I finally got there, but it took effort for him to get me there. Be the only person there. And I kid you not, the other funny thing, so they've got me there finally after he complained and made a scene, like a Karen scene on a plane, like with the Indonesian air hostess saying no, and then the captain coming out and all that shit. Got, got in there and I'm like, oh my God, because you haven't slept since the night I was mm. first night there. And that's, this is two days. This later. is yeah. two days, no sleep. And you've gone through all this. And I got in there and I was like, 
oh my, like not until that plane took off because you're just like, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here. Plane's taken off. I kid you not, as soon as I felt those wheels go off the floor, my first thought was I'm never, ever coming back here again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a lie. I never say never because I have. And then I just crashed. Yeah. I just went poof. And then I kid you not, I don't know, what's four hours yeah, to four. Bali? Yeah. Two hours in the flight, maybe not even that. Tap, tap, tap on my shoulder. Do you want lunch? Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> no, I want to sleep. Wait, how fucking I'm like, do you not have any inkling of just- What's happened? Common Look sense. Look at me, oh, <laughs> freaking, I've got blood all Wait, over me probably, and I stink. She probably thought you were dead, bro. She's probably <laughs> just like, no, you're just <laughs> like, oh, the other Aussie boys who come here and get drunk. And <laughs> you just had a big nut out hey, of- You want Bintang? Yeah, maybe she just was doing the connecting flight and didn't know what had happened, I don't know. <laughs> was Santa like, on- oh, another Aussie boy, big nut. <laughs> <laughs> was Santa on your flight? Yes, he was, yeah. yeah. But, but he didn't get no first could, class. He, I, I don't, you have, I can't remember that. And his was, because his were like, you know, like you tend, you know, like, because that calf one was a serious one of mine where like half your calf's gone. But so his legs could bend, like he could like, he was still in a wheelchair, but he'd get up, yeah, get himself up and like. But you were, st- you were totally straight legged. I was straight legged, yeah. yeah. So. Fucking wouldn't happen today. I can tell you that. Could you imagine? Oh, the, the, I couldn't believe it. I was just one of those like, are you kidding me, man? If we had a phone and then like, I would have been like, that's the exactly. biggest Karen moment yeah. ever. Yeah. Like this chick not letting me go into first oh, my class. God. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. And there was no one there. <laughs> no one. If you if you have been set on fire, you should have pretty much priority in first class, mm. I believe, when it's empty. That said, interestingly, although not even close to being similar, um, when I was flying back from Japan, it was like in the middle of COVID when COVID had just popped off. So my flight from Tokyo to Abu Dhabi had 12 people on it and three of them were in business class. The rest of us were in economy, and the economy hostess was like, "You can sit wherever you want." And I was oh, like, there. "How about business class, bitch?" <laughs> and she's like, "Nah." Yeah. And I was like, "But fucking why? I don't yeah. want the food. I don't want the booze. I just want the." I, mm-hmm. I didn't tell her where I'd been for the last three months, <laughs> sitting on the floor of a Japanese yeah, yeah, jail yeah, cell. Yeah. But I, I, I don't even think that would have helped. Mm. She was just like a flat out no. But I was like, "Where the fuck is the compassion? We're thirty thousand feet above the world. You know, we yeah. could all go down tomorrow today." That would have been, I think, due to them coming back and going, well, those people keep a, kick up a fuss because they've paid top quality dollar. You exactly have to right. But I think when you're, yeah, you're essentially being evacuated from a war zone, it would I be I don't think reasonable. anybody, yeah. nobody had paid for those flights. Absolutely no. not. No one. It was just everybody was getting out of there. And no one's saying a fucking word if they have. Because you, yeah. you see my hat off to that fella, man. Oh, my yeah. God. I suppose you never... It's This is like the, the thing with As A yeah. Story as well. Like, you yeah. never know what these characters ended up doing with their lives, right? You, yeah. That, that person is just... He would have had that story, you. like, you know, when he got back, like... They had this poor young dude. Yeah, for real. <laughs> with his leg bandaged up, blood all over his shirt and shit, and we're just making him sit next to me. <laughs> and I felt like a prick. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so man. sorry. And he's like, don't apologize to me, mate. That guy played his fucking part, dude. Yeah, he That's did. That's respect to him. What's a male Karen? Kev? Chad, I think. Chad. Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I think you're actually right. I think it is. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Or it's the jock in America. The jock. jock. Yeah, like, check out that Chad. The typical, like, I don't know, polo shirt, like, getting drunk, chugging. My dad's a lawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, whatever, Chad. (laughs) 
it's yeah. very Docksiders. Chad. All the African Americans are just like this. Is the word, like that Chadwick dude who passed oh. away. They were just like uh, one of our strongest. Blah blah blah. I've seen the memes, and he's given the widest name yeah. ever, Chad. <laughs> like, man, I got a shit name. You're like, fuck. <laughs> Leave me alone. So you flew back. Um, did you fly back into Perth? Yep, landed and then as soon as on the tarmac, ambulances there grabbed us out and straight to, we went to all the Burns victims went to Royal Perth, I'm pretty sure. And we went to Fremantle, me and Sano straight into the thing. Didn't even get, our parents couldn't even see us until we went. So they got to the airport, I'm pretty sure. And then they go, no, 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 go to Fremantle because we're just getting them straight to there. Um, got us straight to Fremantle and... Yeah, and I was in hospital for two weeks, and I think Sano was about a week. And another great thing, I was um, in in with Sano in the same room. We had oh. the same room, so I got to go through. And, and then when he left, it was kind of like, don't leave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to go home too. That's that sick that thing. you guys got the whole, and they, that you were there for each other the whole, like every step yeah, of the way though. I was very lucky. And poor Az, like he would have, I'm sure he said, like he's like, he had to deal with a lot on his own. And that's, yeah traumatizing mm. um that, i'm so lucky that i had one of my really good mates to be there with me the whole way um and shout out to Fremantle, like Fremantle hospital man like we got looked after so well i think um, i should have called my olds and asked them how many like so when they undid the bandages i i just remember like so just say that's say that's the laceration on the back of the calf so it's like that long it's, it's just a wide inches thing. yeah um it was just put together like oh like wow that. and it was just kind of like a like a like an old prostitute just <laughs> coming barely hanging like together yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and they were just like oh my god and then i think because like, i ended up getting that you know the real fine stitches it was like 101 stitches or something i can't even remember my old one of the numbers oh. but all up the whole body was like yeah you reckon Bali were worried because you mentioned they didn't give you anesthetic either. So they must have been worried they didn't have enough supplies for everyone. So they were treating maybe. They wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the guys in Fremantle, another young fellow like myself, he, he had to get put in a hydroponic chamber. Hypovaric? Yeah. I don't know the word. The bends? It stops the gangrene. Oh, okay. And that's what they'll say. You are so lucky that right. you weren't in the same situation. And so I didn't think if it wasn't oh. for Savane. I would have been the same and I don't know if the guy lost his leg but I, I'm pretty sure if it wasn't Savane I would probably I'd still be here but I'd have be missing from my kneecap just under my kneecap down I'd probably and you said that you still in touch with her now yeah today like she's like you know she always comments on like my little daughter she loves that like I always message her Christmas New Year's Bali Day um, I've gone over, stayed like a southbound one of the, not southbound, sorry. Um, what's the, what's the, because she used to live, have a house in oh, Byron Bay. Oh, oh, like Splendor in the grass. Splendor, yeah. Back when Block Party came to Australia yeah, for the first sick, time yeah. ever. I was like, I'm coming over. She goes, come stay at mine. We, I went there, I went with one of our other survivors, Mitch. He was from Queensland with his football side. 
because we've made friends with so many people through it now um yeah we went there and i remember walking to a house and it was just like this mansion and i look at our friend mitch because he likes to drink as well and i was just like do not touch anything <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ and we had to come home from like bender nights at, Spl- at um splendor in the grass and mud. Just be like, yeah cleaning ourselves and just walking through like this like hands in the air big vases she travels like the world and like buys things like yeah. things and sells that's her deal um yeah and yeah she, she'll be like a second mum to me until the day i die like and she always comments and says like she's just like oh, i'm so happy to see like the man you've become and like with your daughter now and stuff like that she then you know makes you it must yeah. be wild for her like seeing you and as and not so much th- those ones but the other two they're seeing you so close to death mm-hmm. and then seeing you recover grow up have a daughter you know live a life that's normal in inverted commas yeah despite what you've experienced kind of together yeah because it's very weird for her having having that experience as well exactly because you just especially when you go through something hectic and you've got eight fellas you would i think in life you look now you look as you get older and you think there's so many opportunities for a few people to go a little bit off the rails or go that way you know down about i can tell you right now like all eight boys are absolute stand-up legend dudes Mm. like decent guys you know what i mean like and to go through something hectic i don't know if that kind of helped or we just always were gonna go that way i don't know i I don't think you guys can i don't that certainly certainly doesn't sound normal because there'd be like a huge amount of ptsd oh 100 percent that is there but you obviously and then certain you know a few of us had to go get through it you know what i mean um and everybody has and everybody's good everyone's you know thrived I mean? yeah, yeah. It, no one went off the rails i can tell you that right now no one went off the rails we're so like, everyone's oh, still here all eight are still all eight are still here no one ever did go off the rails we're like oh man we got to rein him in like you know like you know because we would as mates but you know obviously there's been dark days you know like depression for some and stuff like that and you know like but everybody's held it together and now everybody's thriving and doing well from it. It's absolutely insane, man. Like I was, it's funny because I, I feel like you and Azza as well, that the only two people that I've met f- from this mm-hmm. this scenario, like because you've been through it, it's, it's kind of quite matter of fact. It's like, oh yeah, this is like just something, you know, something that we went through. Like it is such a insane story it's such an insane thing to have lived through it's such an insane thing to have come out the other side of and to to flourish you know Mm -hmm. and um i really think like just the the story of you eight is like is a story that fully i mean we've had this insane amount of people listen to to ours's podcast Mm -hmm. you know and like for him he was saying oh this is the only time i'll tell this story really and things like that but it, it is like a movie or a, a a very serious documentary or something like it's such an yeah. insane story especially the other guys as well you know mm-hmm. like there's, there's six more guys yeah um it's really hitting the lottery in the sense that if you think about other stories that are kind of of that ilk mm-hmm. if there's a group of people involved in something tragic you'll always lose one mm-hmm. at a minimum you 100%. guys managed to make it through 100 percent intact yeah. which is absolutely crazy but the flip side of that is you guys experience something hellish a nightmare but the fact that you're all together through it 
was one of the main contributing factors in in probably how you guys all turned out so again it's rare that everyone survives and b rare that everyone gets to be together to be able to get each other through that as well Mm -hmm. often these troubling shit or these troubling times or or like bad things that happen are generally compressed down into like yourself or Mm. like your your immediate group it's very rare that you hear a story where you have such a broad range of experience and people all amalgamated into the one thing Mm -hmm. so it's very very individual in that Mm. and they share that it's almost like you guys almost shared the the load of it yeah you know like the fact the fact that you're all together it's like and it's so good to hear that you guys are all still Mm-hmm. mates like because if we did lose ours or if it, the shrapnel hit me in different parts like you, you don't know there's all these different forks in the road which way it could have gone we all we also both we all sit there and we all you do have a sense of guilt as well with carrying that load of that we all got out because we all go to the memorials um and we've made friends from queensland and stuff like that and they've they've lost they lost or everybody lost somebody and you do how i personally personally feel i sent sit there on those days and i i get a little bit of guilt because we are kind of like we're there we're taking our you know having you know condolences to the to the people that didn't make it back to their loved ones but at the same time we're like celebrating that we got through a pretty hairy incident and we're all still here today to go to comfort each other Mm. And so you feel a bit of guilt. Mm. You know what I'm getting at? Like, yep. it's like, that's how I, when I'm standing there and you look over, like, like our good friend now, Megan, like how she lost her father. You, when we're there and, we, you know, we always crack a bintang first thing in the morning. Like, we have to see Megan, like, touch the stone with her dad's name on it. That breaks my heart. Mm. Would do. Um, you're a part of that situation you know like you you're a part of that story and i think survivor's guilt is always going to be a thing it's obviously something that people are aware of um but the fact that you kind of were all there for each other and then also your friendship group has just expanded into other people that have been Mm -hmm. through that experience like megan sounds like an amazing person you guys should get her on yeah i'd fully love to man like she's definitely friends with some friends of ours and stuff yeah. like that yeah um but her st- the aaron story of her you have, to, you have to have sh- the champagne going like, she, she's <laughs> like, classy for being like the most what, an educated woman have her own business and stuff like that she likes to party as well um she's awesome <laughs> God bless her. um yeah man it, it almost is like when you see like people like megan you literally sit there and you just think like like you are the most positive upbeat like love life person and you've been through even worse than what we've gone through and you're a baby like you're such a young girl it's crazy brother shane he's in like you know he wasn't like he was not in the incident but he had to he was there because he was a lot younger i don't think he was out that night absolute legend of a bloke I don't know if you've met Shane or like no Shane I don't think so no oh they're just beautiful children yeah yeah <laughs> they're just the most beautiful you're just like god damn you both you how you's just amazing with the PTSD stuff did you did you notice did you notice anything did you need um, did you need any therapy or anything like that me I, me no I was good Um, I wish I should have before I came out one of my friends who's pretty educated in that stuff like his partner she told me the word that i have and it's 
uh, I never ever had any moments when I'd watch like war movies and stuff I would have like a few little like oh fuck oh shit that hit close to home that's bringing it back up but but I never had like woke up in the middle of the night oh shit oh shit and I almost like because when people do ask you know like oh my god were you really in that were you in the bar like are you you know they are you okay like to talk I'm like I'm fine like it's fine I'll just rattle it off now and so be it you know keep what it I mean? moving yeah keep it moving um I, it's like a I, I when i think of it it's like i was in a I'm, i was in a movie you know what i mean like that's how i look back at it it's weird i don't know how to look at it like she my mate's missus always said you have it, there's a word for it and it's almost like that's a bad memory click like not like oh get rid of it put yeah it in. you can you can just move it here and go we don't need to like dwell on that park um, off to the side yeah um she said it's a good trait to it's a good trait to have yeah obviously you need that not to just get rid of it but to know oh that's not going to do you any good dwelling on that move that to there you're very aware of what happened so like you're talking about are you very aware of what happened like Mm. you've you've obviously made your made your peace with it the only thing i get choked up about is when they told me that ass was alive (laughs) that's the thing that like makes me go oh (laughs) shit get yourself together Uh, because i remember that moment like very very vividly Was it funny? Because it was it was it almost in passing. Oh, it's like it's yeah. It was in, like man, I was I was like bullshit. You know, like there is no way. I thought this guy was lying to me. That's so mental. Yeah. So when you got back, I mean, you you flipped. Hang out. on, I was Sorry, and then that's on. when I was like, oh shit, God is real. I prayed so hard. <laughs> oh, and Az is still here. <laughs> Sorry, Az, I haven't been praying to God. <laughs> better fucking start tonight chad oh, no. oh, just give him a tip give him i a told tip him i pray every day <laughs> maybe you do you just don't realize yeah 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 You're praying thoughts so you got back into perth um yep. when you got back in and obviously you were in hospital for a couple of weeks did the media and stuff sort of jump onto you at that point yeah then it was just full on from word go um it was like oh it was insane it was like none of us were used to that it was like the news it was that it was the bloody who mags you know the, like the garbage mags all, all that shit were they like trying to get into the hospital or yeah yeah they were they were in fuck i had the gnarliest moment like one of those once again like a, a movie moment i was i was in hospital i think sano had left by then so sano's moved out and i'm sitting there so so my stepdad raised me pretty much my whole life um since like year one my stepdad pete he um so he was in with me all that day he's there he's got up to leave left left the room and doc the nurse walks in with a phone one and she's like your dad's on because he's gone to go to the toilet or whatever and he's gone your dad's on the phone and i was like my dad just walked past you she's like it's your dad and then my older sister thank god was in the room she just grabbed the phone and just bounced from there <laughs> she, just like, she came back in she goes it was trevor <laughs> spoken to her since i was like this because he's seen it on the news and all that stuff yeah Holy yeah shit. and um he never paid child support or anything when i'm at that age i'm like mate pete's my dad that's mm. yeah you can't jump in that's now. a dude who bought yeah that's a dude who put clothes on my back put school books in my hand and yeah that's where that came yeah, from yeah like, shit yeah so there was just weird moments like mm. that and then just randoms coming into channel 10 coming into the bloody room all the time and stuff <laughs> like that that must have been so weird man like what? just the media it's side insane. of it oh that's and with the um you know those the who and all that the new idea and all that that's where like you, i first got my touch of like they just talk 
gutter trash in the sense of you'd say something and they would spin it i remember the one that i like what was the last thing you remember and i remember telling them before i looked at us i looked over at the bar staff dude and like you know the indonesians how they all have like little um fun like little bar trick things or whatever the, the indonesian dude did something to me where he like flicked like he got the straw and he went and like it shot at me and like i was like oh you shot like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i was like how do you do that I like came real fast and then i've looked at us i told him that was the last thing i had then i think i don't know if it was the who or the new idea i read it and they, they spun it as if chad thinks the bomb might have got thrown at him like something along <laughs> in that sense i was like what, what? The f-? i'm like no that's not what i said oh and that's where i had no faith and then now i work for bloody one of the <laughs> Dude, they will gender take- driven <laughs> machines that i'm like oh man i'm freaking it's I'm all fucking yeah it's- anybody that sits there and believes what comes on the six o'clock news and the western or them print i know right you need to educate yourselves <laughs> man when we did when- expand your horizon sorry that's what i should say not when- just listen to one person listen to it get and a, a view from a broad array of people. Two would be a good start. Exactly. <laughs> it's hard Six to know which one. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't. <laughs> Today, tonight. And it's not even because you sit there and go, oh, that 30 minutes. I got it's not even that because 10 minutes, that's sport. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then there's entertainment and then there's the news. So in that 15 minutes, this is what I should be doing and this is what how the world is. No, it's not how it works. We're all driven into apathy now because you just have no idea who to yeah. who to trust. You're like, exactly. oh, I don't even fucking know. It's oh, that's a whole new rabbit hole. That yeah, exactly. I'm a part of it. Like I'm not a part of it. Like oh, I am. I'm hired by it, but you see it. I see it. And but I, I've got faith. I've got faith that the newer generation isn't going to be a part of. They're not going to be like the older generation. Like I'll put, you know, our parents and stuff that would literally believe what everything that the news says and yeah. stuff like that. That was the one source of truth once upon a time. I think 100%. thankfully the younger generation has understood that there are multiple ways to get information mm-hmm. um, and you can go and hunt out your own. You don't exactly. have to be force fed yeah. shit by anyone, especially those sponsored by the fucking capitalist devils exactly <laughs> are we gonna go down there <laughs> you know we said before oh. about, the, about the words being twisted when we started dorsio we were doing the no metrosexual attire thing and people were wigging out about it and i got a phone call one day i'm about to go out to lunch guys like hey it's this brian from like i'm not really paying attention i'm just kind of grabbing my wallet ready to go out the door and he goes oh, we've seen these posters of um no metrosexual attire like what's that about and i didn't really know where he was from so i'm just chatting to him i'm like oh yeah you know it's like we've taken the dress code of everywhere else and we've inverted it and we've made it into the rules for our club just to point out how ridiculous the dress codes are at nightclubs he's like oh cool just asked me a few questions i've just blurted out a bit of stuff and then um i get a call an hour later and he goes, oh, hi, it's um, such and such from the Sydney, Sydney Morning Herald again. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I should have been paying attention the first time. <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, look, the story's been picked up. Are you available for a comment by da-da-da? And I'm like, 
Yeah, I suppose. Whirlwind of like media. I'm getting hit up by like every single media outlet you can imagine. They ran a bunch of stories on it saying that it was like, some of it was just like, it's funny. They're not letting people in with um, Ed Hardy on. And then others were like, oh, it's racist and all this. I was fuck ever. <laughs> it's racist. Um, but the best one was I got six PR called me and he's like, oh, do you want to come on radio and we'll talk about this? And I'm like, oh, I suppose I don't really care. And I'm talking to the guy and he's like, look, I think what you're doing is great. You know, it's really pointing out like violence that's in Northbridge and, and being able to make people feel comfortable in certain places and all of this. Like he really got what we were doing. And he's like, all right, cool. So just wait on the line and then this song will finish or whatever. And we'll bring you on. I'm like, yeah, man, this guy's all right. And then it's just like, and now we're live. And then he's like, I think what you're doing is like horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally said to him, I was like, dude, that is not what you just said to me. Yeah, exactly. We just been, cause it's live. I'm like, yeah. we were just talking 30 seconds ago and you were saying that you understood all of this. Don't try and flip this on me. You know as well as I do that you agree with what I'm doing here. Like immediately he was like, yeah, yeah you know, this is all good. Would yeah. you? He's like, if David- Hopefully he stunned you. He's like, oh, damn, I hope I stunned him and just- Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, I know that it's live. But the funniest thing is in the article, I'd said something about David Beckham with the V-neck because he was like the fashion icon at the time. But I'm like a massive Man United fan. Mm-hmm. So the dude was like, oh, well, if David Beckham came to your club, would you let him in? I was like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, David Beckham's a god. I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, they will spin. That was when I realized, like, with the radio thing, I was like, mm-hmm. are you a one thing? And then you were like, yeah. you would just turn it's on it to try man. and get the to try and get the quote. You know, it's pretty insane, man. I it think is. the media is a. Um, yeah, it's entertainment, right? 100%. It's gotten really bad. Like uh, 19 years there now. First, I don't know, as soon as social media came along and they realized that people, like their attention spans are even shorter, we need to shock people. That's the way, that's it. It's all about shock journalism now. Journalism has gone out the door. Um, yeah. In the, remember when the... Um, I lost my shit one time at work. I wasn't at work, but if I was at work, I said, I go, I would have walked out. We printed front cover of the uh, terrorist attack in Christchurch. A guy going shooting the Muslims. Mm -hmm. That was the front cover. The dude, like, it was the front cover of the, like, you know, almost like the Doom scenario. Yeah, Yeah, the the, the GoPro footage. Yeah, yeah. It was like the front thing, and then, like, you know, people like running, and it disgusted me. I was like, that is absolutely disgusting. Like, that is. I called up one of the guys from the other side and he kind of and he put that to me. He goes, I agree with you, Chad, hundred percent. He's like, but that's, that's, that's where we're in now. It's about shock. That's the way that people will read your news or click on your news or, or that. And it's the only way they're like, generating money. Uh, yeah. I just said, if I was at work, man, I don't know if I still have a job because I would have just gone, I'm not being a part of this. Mm. This is disgusting because I've been through it. And I would hate it if somebody was taking a photo of me and my mates dragging Azar out while he's dead and then that's on the front page. Sensationalizing that. Who knows? One of those... I, I don't know if that guy who's running that way got shot and killed by that gunman. You know what I mean? That, that's one of the times I've literally thrown my hands in there and go, what the hell am I part of? What's your stance on like watching that video? Sickens me. If you watched it? I haven't watched it, but no. it sickens me because I've seen the still image like that, like that, or like 
because you're scrolling. I, I, I would never sit there and watch that. Mm. That's I wouldn't. I don't have that in me to watch that kind of stuff. Mm. Not just, that's what that person wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you you're playing to that. See, I see it. I see it in the same way, but I also see it in inverse. In that, it's like I want to know what what people are capable of, mm-hmm. and I think. I did watch it. I watched it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I li- actually lived, I grew up, I did all my uh, primary school in Bahrain. So I lived in, in the Middle East uh, for the majority of my like formative years. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty across like the whole Muslim mm-hmm. divide, the whole the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I'm a big proponent of, of, of anything Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it uh, because I wanted to understand what what people were capable of and i think there's no better educator than seeing it in that level of fucking detail you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like the depravity with which he went about his job he wasn't even just going in to shoot people like he was running people over in his car um Mm -hmm. shooting people while they're on the floor like seeing that in that in that high def kind of thing really i think i think really helped understand where where everything kind of sits and it and it gives you a lot of empathy for the people who have who have like you said like lost people in that situation Mm -hmm. it's like you see it it's so personal because you can see it whereas people might shy away from it because Mm -hmm. of how how gruesome it is but is there a part of you that's maybe um maybe not really gaining the right level of effect from from that or just turning, hearing terrorist attack. Yeah, by yeah. just turning away from it and, and pretending like, oh, yeah, I know it's bad and, and, yeah. and I can't watch it because of that. Well, I think because of what I went through, that's what, what it stands for. Like, I'm just like, I know what these people would have been feeling and going through. I don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. It's, dis- it's another form of disgusting human being that's just... Look, he was, what, was he standing up for white? Christianity or what was out and what was he standing for? I can't even remember. But either way, it just shows you. It's just another what he. Everything to me is a snowball effect. If you're born and you're given love, empathy, and that, you know, it's gonna trickle on. You know what I mean? These he's obviously had a troubled life, uh, childhood. The people who set off the Bali bombings and stuff like that they might not have had a tr- troubled childhood but they they got roped down a wrong path they got brainwashed as like when me and as went to the court hearings when we we're over there i wasn't feeling pure anger i was i was like stupid i'm just literally going like it's so sad that you literally thought that that was a good outcome to mm. do that it's like if you got to know me you would probably enjoy each other if if you if, you know if we grew up together and kick football together or whatever like soccer ball whatever you're in i know i'm not a bad dude you know what i mean like you'd find common ground exactly it's i feel sorry for people that get brainwashed into that shit everybody get radi- get radicalized exactly yeah. once again and it all goes back to that whole like don't put your chair back straight away when your plane takes yeah. off you know mm-hmm. what i mean just Human like we're decency. all in this together yeah if you want to if you want to preach that and be religious to that like go for it awesome legend but you know i'm going this way you're going that way let's 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 all enjoy life how we want to enjoy life without affecting the other person as a, as we've transitioned into this global kind of 
human race it's it's there is still obviously borders and and very defined lines around who becomes who and who's from where and who speaks what language but as that as that breaks down it is still crazy to see that these people can live in almost silence like to to outside influence it's like we've all kind of got past this but there are some pockets of society still that drill down into into this almost caveman-esque outlook on life Mm -hmm. where it's black and it's white you're a believer you're a non-believer it's 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 strange for us i think to be able to kind of digest that point of view when it is so alien and so foreign to what we have become or what we are accustomed to Mm -hmm. it's almost interesting to hear it from the other side in that you know they must have a they must be getting some serious Kool-Aid from whoever's feeding it to them to be mm-hmm. able to believe that we are deserving of this or, you know, the Western mm-hmm. civilization is mm-hmm. deserving of this. You know, yeah, like, to go that far exactly. and affect that many people's lives. And, you know, like I think it doesn't obviously doesn't extinguish the human spirit and like that story is a testament to that. But at the same time, it's like this stuff does go on. Mm-hmm. And I think... The thing that sort of shocked me about speaking to Az and, and speaking to you as well is that you hear about terrorist attacks. And when I say terrorist attacks, I mean like school shootings in America, um, bombings in in uh, the Middle East and stuff like that. Like they're all mass casualty, intentional acts of terror. And they become, as you said before, like they try and make everything shocking. Mm-hmm. Everything's really shocking. And the more shocking that things are, you become desensitized to it. Mm-hmm to the point where when we would talk about the Bali bombings or the, when I think about the Bali bombings prior to doing that research before ours one, I was like, oh yeah, the Bali bombings, like I'd spoken to Aaron about that. When you hear like the actual human side of it, the story of what you guys went through, it puts like, it puts a completely different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And sadly that perspective exists for like yeah, probably every drop. month since, you know, like there's just something that's happened constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched the documentary on the, um, on the Paris attacks in people who were watching the the bands and things like that and it's just it's pure helplessness and it's just Mm -hmm. it's just pure carnage and i think we just see headlines on stuff and we we hear stories and it's just like a little blip and then the next cycle of whether it's news or whatever it is that you're into just comes past and it's Mm -hmm. like that's yesterday's news but at the end of the day you need you got to live in there and now then well you need to live with that every day yeah it's like it doesn't stop but like people that have actually been through this stuff it doesn't stop for you it doesn't just go exactly the next news story comes around like you have to live with that and, and obviously people lost lost friends and yep. lost family and stuff that is an everyday occurrence and like every single one of these attacks just leaves a butterfly effect of issues yes. that is going to carry through a good friend who lost his brother recently like um within the last year or so like as he said one of the things that just freaks him out is just how everything just keeps going on and like you're in that moment still but touching on like what you're saying there like he's just like that's what weirds me out i'm just so like stuck there and everything just next day it's just like i want to 100 get it man i lost my dad to leukemia like three years ago this will be the fourth year now and it shatters your world so much when Mm -hmm. something like that happens Mm -hmm. and everyone that you know and everything that you're involved in in the world that you thought existed it just fucks off like a balloon that you've let go of Mm. and you're just like what about this but the world keeps moving man exactly yeah 
I broke my heart when I heard him saying that stuff. I was like, I haven't, I've lost like nanas and stuff like that, but not like anybody close, close. But he was my friend as well. But like to hear it from a brother's perspective, you know what I mean? That's, you know, it's like I've lost a friend, but you lost your brother. And he was just like, I don't know how people just keep going on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, you spoke. That was then. And like, he's doing very well now. You spoke before about the resilience of the body. Mm-hmm. what you've seen the human body sustain damage wise and then come out the other side and be okay um what we can sustain as humans mentally and like what the, the traumas and stuff that we can go through we're actually geared to be to continue like mm-hmm. we're just geared to keep going so when this like for me personally like the horror of my dad passing and like being there and just the the, the absolute fuckery that is dying from cancer that moment is just so horrific that you can't put it into words yet you still pay your rent the next week you know you still have to fucking you, you just well, could be like kind of yeah, just keep going weeks off, but exactly you, but you do back next week man that's it and you're like what it yeah. just keeps going and it's just like shit happens mm-hmm. and even though that takes a lot to get past and it's still something that changes you as a person and that you live with every day, mm-hmm. it certainly does show that we are incredibly resilient. We're an incredibly resilient species because you can't just stop. What are you going to do? Just curl up in a corner and get fucking die? Get busy living or get busy dying. Get busy living or get busy dying, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolute respect, man. Like I truly and honestly, like microphones away and everything, I think you're a full hero. As I said, once again, just family. Like you, you, Your brothers, your sisters, whatever you're around, like your close friends, anybody goes through it everybody does the same thing oh man i'm absolutely honored to have fucking spoken to you about this for real thank you so much for coming on and all the photo stuff and everything it's like it's been been an awesome conversation man for real anyone wants to check out chad he's on chad woo w-o-o underscore images on instagram check him out shit's fucking dope and uh thank you again so much for coming on man it's a pleasure to talk to you thanks very much for having me on i was like uh, is my life really that yeah interesting to talk about it I'm absolutely sure about is that. you should hear <laughs> us to try and have a conversation by ourselves <laughs> last week we just we did one that was just the two of us and we're like this could fall on its fucking face but um yo you're way more interesting than you think bro uh, cheers guys thanks till next time brother hey ciao Bye-bye. 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 B